Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 224 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who is with me tonight? Back again. It's Nate. <laughs> we also got Isaiah here. Hey, I'm Brock. Nice to meet you all. Uh, it's just Adam. Just nobody cares. About Welcome it. Back. Nobody cares. <laughs> He's the the first time. So we are here to talk about a game that I have been wanting to talk about for years, actually, on the show, and finally made myself do it. Uh, we are here to talk about Final Fantasy VIII, developed by Square, published by Square, and and came out in what year was 1999? All right, so a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> They were still just a little soft bit. at this point, right? Yes, they were actually. Okay. <laughs> I I remember playing this back in the day, but I have not touched it since then. I mean, I've been meaning to go back to this game for a long time and just could not get myself to. But the right, remastered version came out. That's what got me finally to do it. Well, actually, I didn't jump back into this just because the podcast was coming up. I thought about it and I was like, I have beaten this game from start to finish so many times. I just kind of <laughs> remembered it, but... I mean, and I came off of it from FF7. That was my introduction into the series, as I think it was for a lot of people. And then this one came out, and I remember hating it the first time I played it, just because of, I don't know, the change of everything. But you know, after, I don't know, the umpteenth time that I went through it, I was like, okay, I think I like this game. <laughs> it only took me 15 playthroughs, but I think I like it. <laughs> yeah, see, it, it's Actually, always been one of my favorite games, um, like, ever since it came out. Not not so much because of the game systems within it, because, you know, that's that, that can be hit or miss depending upon on, on who you are and what you oh, like. Yeah. But, like, the story itself is is what really drew me in in the beginning. And then as as I got to understand the game systems, it made me fall in love more. Yeah, once you learn how to kind of get, once you learn how to kind of manipulate the systems and 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 get good with them, it does turn out to be a really good game. It really does. It was, it was really well done. That I do about it, it's actually a good game. <laughs> it's just very complicated. That's the problem. It's yes. too much different stuff, and the game doesn't do a really good job of explaining it to you until you like after you played enough, you understand it. Like when I went into it this playthrough, I understood exactly how this game works. So I knew what I was doing. I knew what to expect. I know what the, but if you don't know that this can be a very confusing game. Absolutely. And one of the other things that made it just a, a home run for me when it first came out was the soundtrack. Like the, yeah, you, you it, picture the sounds coming from final fantasy seven and then going into final fantasy eight. Like what? think about that contrast. They even started it off with like one of the coolest Final Fantasy songs, like with that intro movie. Like, yes, yeah, just that was insanely movie. awesome. The intro oh, did leave a lot to be desired. In my opinion, singing, but I still sing it on my way to work sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the intro itself the, did leave a little bit to be desired, though, because like think about the intro of Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VII. Um, it, those those intros made you really want to play the game. Yeah, and they Final didn't Fantasy cutscene. Right. And was, Final yeah, Fantasy VIII's intro, though, was kind of lackluster in that respect, because it's like, okay, what am I watching? It was kind you of know? a PowerPoint presentation. Right. Right. <laughs> but the music, though, oh, hands down. Yeah. And, and the graphics at the time for being PlayStation 1. Just oh, yeah. hands I mean, down cut- fantastic. The cutscenes are still fantastic. Even in 2023, I'm like, this is still looks good to know what they did. Well, it's even better with the remastered. Well, yeah, that's what I played. So I'm just saying <laughs> so kind of judging that. But like, I mean, you can tell like the stuff that wasn't messed with. Like you can tell the background. Yeah, I finally I mean, the first finished time... the game last night on the remastered for the first time. Actually, I've been playing it since it came out. <laughs> and I finally finished it last night. <laughs> for the first time I played it, 
I was just so happy that we weren't, these aren't sprites. They're not blocky, weird arms and legs. They're just the characters the same way they look in battle. Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And like the battle transition screens weren't super annoying compared to like Final Fantasy six, Final Fantasy seven. Like it was a little more annoying on PS one though, because of the load times that did suck. Understandable. I mean, but at the time, we didn't know any better. Like, oh, wow, look at this. Like, this is, you know, it's just now if you go back, you're like, ah, because, you know. You... Oh, yeah. Having to run around the garden. Just like oh, oh, four or five different time. sections of just the base, the ground level running in that giant circle was an event. Like, oh, yeah. Get a snack. This is going to take a minute. Right. Oh, man. Ragnarok autopilot saved my life last night because I was in no condition to remember where stuff was. <laughs> I forgot that I had an autopilot. Can, can we just can we all be in agreement that the Ragnarok is the coolest airship in all of Final Fantasy? I With love the best that. I would just cruise that yes. thing around for like an hour. Oh, like the design is great. The music is great. Just autopilot was a pain. Yes. In, in, in late disc three, I think it was that that sucked. Those mm-hmm. monsters you have to fight in, in sequential oh, order. Here's the thing. You can fight them in sequential order and do it all in eight battles. Or you can kill the You can kill two different ones. Twenty five times total. Really? I did never do that. Yep. Either. Yeah, it's a fail safe just in case, you know, somebody couldn't figure it out. Yep. Just in case you keep getting rushed down anytime you enter a room and you're like, exactly, exactly. And honestly, first time doing that, I was so frustrated. (laughs) And for for like for like low level game runs, it's actually great to do it that way because they give five AP, AP each and no experience. It's also weird how this is the only Final Fantasy where you can do a low level run. Without right. that, it's actually a better thing. Right? Yeah. Which, that's one of my issues with this game. I mean, it didn't bother me, because, I mean, while I play the remastered, and in the remastered, you have time three speed, and you also have, you can turn off encounters, you can also give yourself, like, a battle assist mode where you have full HP almost all the time, unless they do an attack big enough just to kill you, and you always have your limit break. So, I played a lot, I didn't, I played it first without it, then once I broke and put it on, I just, it was the end of that. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> And, like, I've played the game so many times that, like, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play for the story at this point. So, battle assist, let's go. Let's play a bunch of cards, too. And times three helps out with the cards, because otherwise that loading is a pain. So. Before I realized that the enemy levels scale with you, which I hate. I hate it when any RPG does that. Because I would go out and think, okay, well, I'm going to do some grinding. I'm going to level up, and I should be good for a little while. I, I hit that threshold where the enemies just insanely level with you and then i got my ass kicked like what the hell happened and then i figured out oh they leveled okay i see see i i do love that though that they level with you because now it it's less about grinding it's more about skill and properly setting up the the, only, the thing i like the only thing i liked about it was the fact that when they leveled when the enemies got higher levels they would actually get new spells for you to draw and new drops and new yeah like, and new drops yeah, because like for instance, when doing the uh, adamantois farm for 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 Squall's best weapon, because you can either you know you can either mod the sacred card to get adamantine, or you can hit level thirty, go to the beaches outside uh, outside timber, and kill an adamantois. Same not fun, me. by the way. No, it's not. I think it was the third cipher fight. If he if he's a certain level, you can draw uh, aura from him, and aura is the ultimate spell because you it's just you cast it and you're in limit break mode oh absolutely so if you have lion heart or dark matter uh you uh which is 
is it Quistus? Keist? I don't know. I'm going to miss. Uh, there's a hundred percent chance I'm going to mispronounce thirty three percent of the names in this in this game. <laughs> yeah, no, they are I a mean, little hard. It's they are uh, hard. it's yeah. Quistus. Well, that has the, the hear anybody utter the word Titus, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I always have a hard yeah. time with Quidditch, with Quidditchus or however you Quidditchus. I was no, I'm Quidditch. making a joke. By the way, the S is not silent. I I can't pronounce it anyway. But <laughs> I actually <laughs> used her this time. I usually don't always. I usually don't use her, but I actually she's very underrated. She is. She's very underrated. for the remainder of the uh, podcast. <laughs> like my main team going throughout the game was uh was and because I deviated from my norm. My main team going throughout the game was obviously Squall because, you know, you, you can't. Right. You don't have a choice. But then it was Selfie and Quist and Quistus because, like, normally my team is Squall, Renoa, and and Irving. But I was like, let's change it up. So I went with Selfie and, and Quistus. And Quistus is actually very underrated. She had some limit breaks that early game just dominated everything. Absolutely. But then you have to get getting bad breath for her, which you get from a, a Malboro. Good luck. I well, hate battle it. assist it wasn't wasn't too bad to kill one. But well, so here's the thing: even with battle assist, you still have to prep to face Malbros. Because I, I did some Malbro farming once. Uh, once you have control of Ida for that little bit of time, and you still have to prep for it. But once your once your prep is all set, it doesn't matter if they bad breath her. You're gonna you're gonna shred the Malbros and end up with a hundred Malbro te- tentacles in the course of a half hour. Well, that and that leads me into getting a ribbon in this game. Not. The ribbon oh. protects you from all status effects. And I'm talking about the PS1 version, so back in the day. Yeah. Oh. Getting getting a ribbon, the first time I saw you needed a pocket station to get the ribbon to place the, the mini Chocobo game on the pocket station, I was like, well, I guess I'm never getting that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I then forgot it, it about wasn't that. Made, it wasn't even really made any easier in the remaster because like, they incorporated it all into Angelo Search. So now you got to find a spot where you can pretty much just leave your PlayStation on for an entire week. Yep, that's what I did last time I played through. <laughs> I set up Angelo Search, came back a couple days later. Sweet, I got a ribbon. There you go. <laughs> I didn't even know there were ribbons in this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just they're, you don't you can't get them normally. Well, there's also no accessories, so I didn't really think it would be in there. Tech- Technically, what I mean, accessories, they're there. They just work very differently. You have to junction them to your GF, like as an as where you junction the abilities, item, magic, GF, all that. Yeah. Right below it is where you can junction accessories. But I mean, just like everything not know in this, this game. Yeah. If you yeah, don't have a GF that, equipped, you get nothing. You can attack and that's it. Right. Oh, it's, okay. It's under those things. Okay. That, yeah, okay. Those ability they can learn. Accessory yeah. in this game. Okay. Yeah. That. That's odd. <laughs> I mean, I liked the way they did that because it it really made the focus of the game on the GF as opposed to just, oh, let's go hunt down items. Now you have to you have to plan out who's getting what GF, what GF, what does this GF provide to this person? You know? Yeah. How do you and, disperse your upgrades evenly? Yep. That actually became, I like that. My favorite parts of the game is like just planning what they learn next and whatnot and finding yeah. all the sweet items. Building a ridiculous like HP monster one for you know my main guy, <laughs> and it, it explained why I got him so early because I was like I said I was coming off of this from FF7, so I remember getting the first two GFs from the computer terminal in the very beginning and going, holy crap! I already have summons. God, in, in seven you didn't get summons till way late. Oh, yeah, the summons like the useless. The summons. <laughs> <laughs> like I never use the summon bar ever, even late game. I never use it. Well, they get better as you use them more because of that compatibility rating, which I really like that they did that because it makes it quicker to summon. 
And it makes it so that way, like, you don't have as hard of a time boosting. The oh one thing God. that, well, and here's the thing, though. One of the, thing, one of the things a lot of people fail to realize is boosting is, it's, it's partially determined by your battle speed. So it encourages you to put on a slower battle speed to get the most out of boost. I never thought of that. Yeah. Hmm. Put it slowing down the battle speed. That makes sense, though. Yep. High compatibility and slow battle speed. You can get Quetzalcoatl up to, you know, like 150, 160 pretty easily, which make, makes him far more useful. Well, and Eden's summon was like 30 minutes long, so it was it was <laughs> really easy to get her maxed out. Right. right. You summon Eden. It's like, all right, Mom, I'm going to take a shower. <laughs> Turning on your auto fire. Right. I remember Shiva was actually pretty useful in the Ifrit fight. Yes. That was... I think the one time I oh, yeah. always use uh, the GF ability just to have Shiva come out for Ifrit because fr- I mean uh, Ice or not Ice um, Blizzard helps, but Shiva just wrecks them. Right. Yeah, that's like well, and like it's Shiva, you're, and you're pretty much set. If you're AP farming, uh, XATM 092 just gets decimated by Quetzalcoatl. But like AP farming that early in the game, the only GFs you have are Shiva, Ifrit, Quetzalcoatl, and Siren at that point. So you're really just kind of doing a disservice by farming a, a ton of AP at that point. But like it wrecks Quetzalcoatl. It gets wrecked by Quetzalcoatl. I think I think there's a way to draw or farm double and Thundara at that point. And I think a double Thundara does a little bit more damage than the G. Yeah. Um, you really have to put effort in. But like, again, that's because enemies scale with your level. And those were a couple. Those were spells that I loved in this game. Double and triple. Like I, oh, yeah. I remember when those first came out, I was like. Okay, this is awesome. I don't have to cheese anything. There's no yep. like th- this is late game stuff. Them, so it wasn't the full animation every time, like it was <laughs> with <Final> Fantasy Seven. <laughs> oh, especially because you know triple triple meteor that would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been long, yeah. <laughs> and you have to hop yeah. forward, cast it, run through the animation, hop back, hop forward, cast it, run through the animation, hop yeah, back. Yeah, do your fancy hand jitsu signals, whatever the heck. You <laughs> This is why I love time three speed. Just it made the game. Oh, absolutely. So smoothly yeah. in this game. I was like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. I would not have beat this game in 20 hours without that. So. Right. Um, I the, imagine like I played this for the first time through on the remastered a few years ago and drawing without three times speed. I would just that has to be <laughs> the worst experience living through that with the PlayStation one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was rough. Yeah, I was there during the dark times. It was rough. <laughs> Get, getting to before you get to that first town after you beat Ifrit, you get you go to uh, Balam. Uh, in between that, you kind of go on, you go run the beach, and you can draw. I believe it's fire and cure. And yeah, in the PS One days, that that would be an all night thing. I just need to stock yeah. up a hundred of each for all all my characters. Oh, see, I even I avoid doing that now anymore because it's kind of pointless. Yeah, uh, like. Grab like 30 of each at most, because if you grab 100, now you're just going to have to refine that much more as once you get your mid-magic refined, which is until late game. Yeah, that's around disc two. You get End of disc two, yeah. Alexander. But that's where the game really hooked me. And it, When you go to Balam and you start that mission, that attack on Dal- Dalet, yeah, yeah. Was, that cut scene, I was like, okay, I'm really digging this game now. That whole section was awesome. And then it, it, it bled. You didn't see this a lot where it kind of bled the cutscene into gameplay perfectly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The ship beached, and then you just yeah. kind of run off. and Oh, I'm playing now. Awesome. See, now, if they made that the and opening the catch, like if they made that yeah. section the opening catch as opposed to what we got, the PowerPoint presentation, 
way better hook into the game. Mm-hmm. Way better hook. Kind of showing my age here, but I had the demo disc from Grave Sensors <laughs> Musashi. Oh my and god. That's, that was the intro to the game, was that animation where it started off with the sweet music, the little reflection of the moon yep. and everything. That was dope. And then it started with the PowerPoint crap when you actually got the discs. <laughs> right. And that's what hooked a lot of people was was that that demo on Brave Fencer Mushashi. I still have that. What, oh my was god. The demo just awesome. That demo was great. No, you got to play that whole mission until you got chased down by the spider and that was the end of it. Which is still that. a great demo. Yeah. Wow. That is a good spot get to that demo. Now. <laughs> Nowadays, that is twenty five ninety five, right? <laughs> right. And oh, and, and then after the spider for about ten minutes, that's another five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of hard. So if you want to skip it, you can pay an extra five. Right. <laughs> that demo does a really good job of just kind of like getting you excited for this game, though. Like, I mean, what it's supposed to oh, do, yeah. it does a great job with that. Well, and that's one thing we miss nowadays, because like back in the place, back in PlayStation and. Nintendo 64 days demos were were the way to really market your game. And then oh, Joe 2's demo came out, killed everybody's games. Oh yeah. <laughs> now in the demo, did they let you? Did you play as the same characters as the game Squall, Zell, and Cipher? Yeah, you do. I want to say yes. You got Cipher for that little bit, and then you never get him again. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the game, you get to watch him fishing for some inexperience. Right. Yeah, I was confused <laughs> on that part. I was like, why Someone. is he? Well, I mean. I, I think I think honestly, like when we when we break down the ending, that's going to deserve a little bit more of a deep dive because <laughs> yeah, we can get there. Yeah, let's get. To I the still like the GF system. I like how it's story based too. That like because yes. it plays a part in the fact that by junctioning GFs to you, they're losing their memory. Yeah, and I like how that does end up playing a part. Like all that stuff to me was very cool. And I think I really appreciate the story this time around, especially since I was able to play in time three speed and I didn't have to worry about anything. I really just enjoyed the story like i'm like this is really good are you talking about the orphanage bit yep uh, there's that uh, that's when but it's that, not revealed that yeah that's when it's revealed so angry when i first played because <laughs> like i i don't know i was super into like oh this is a military academy like you know and they're like oh they're building up this army like that's so cool because like peace has lasted for a long time and then everybody kind of like realizes well it's not going to last forever there's like albadia you know, doing some shady shit down there. And then, like, I was like, oh, so they're all just, like, random people who, like, meet and form this team. That's cool. And then they're like, no, we went to the same orphanage. We just don't remember anything. You're failing to remember a key point. You're failing to remember a key point. This is Final Fantasy, okay? <laughs> Whatever's on the surface is not always what is there. <laughs> I feel like they just... I don't know. They just wanted to explain how they all got together. And I'm like, you don't you don't have to, though. Like, you know, see, I kind of like that, though. I kind of like like that, that though, because it shows the sacrifice that you make by using GF. But each and that hits the point home. Every Final Fantasy has to have that one section where we just spend an hour talking. So if you've played through this game multiple times just for the story, just you just want to got to sit there and hit X until you can get through this crap. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Times three speed. Yeah, yeah, that's when this really came in handy. Yeah. (laughs) Before when you're talking to Laguna and he's got to talk about the power of friendship. (laughs) Yep, Dominic Toretto before Dominic Toretto. (laughs) Family. (laughs) Oh, the stuff with Laguna is still not my favorite. I mean, the the, the flashback sequences were great. Present day Laguna, you could have toned him down about three pegs and... 
it would have been fine. Ah, I, the first time I, played it, I got to that point where they switched to the Laguna the first time and I went, what the hell happened to my game? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we doing this? Is Who this is this bug? guy? It's yeah. weird what happened. <laughs> like, oh, we're all tired on this trade. Oh, I just, I'm like, what the fuck? We all just got roofied. Let's play as a middle-aged guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's that great. Battle music ever. What kind of train is this? <laughs> Oh, and I love that, like, once they come out of it, they're all like, were we put, were we drugged? Like, who, I had who would attack dream. Seed? We had no idea what happened. Yeah. Right. Let me tell you about this dream I had. Yeah, I like that selfie was just extra accepting of it. Like, yeah, this is okay. I've done MDMA before. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I was just about to do, I was just about to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, because she's less upset than they are about having a weird dream to have no control over <laughs> They are. <laughs> right. <laughs> This is the least strange thing that's happened this week. <laughs> <laughs> Amateurs. Oh, well, hey, she did transfer from her other garden and came to Blam, so hey, what else she was up to? Right. <laughs> she had to transfer. <laughs> <laughs> Distributing drugs to the students is not allowed, Sophie. Out of here. That or Trabia was in on it, and she was the new hookup in Bla- uh, Balam. <laughs> oh, that's why she was the garden festival director. Yup. Mm. <laughs> Think about it. It's always the ones planning the party that have the drug. (laughs) This is why fan theories exist, because they're usually right. Right. (laughs) Selfie's like, take this and listen to Waltz for the Moon backwards. You're going to experience. I mean, it's it's just a Phoenix town. It's fine. It's just a Phoenix town. Right. (laughs) And going back to the the, uh, Dalit mission, nobody in their right mind that is not on drugs is going to jump off a cliff like that. I rest my case. (laughs) So Laguna is the only one that wasn't on drugs. Right? No, yeah, he was just extremely awkward on his own. Yeah, he was the one. He he, in that second flashback, he wouldn't. He didn't want to jump off the cliff after throwing Kiros and Ward (laughs) off of it. And he's like, I don't know about that. Right? Like it hurt. (laughs) Well, that is kind of high up. <laughs> that was a funny scene. He just throws them off the cliff. <laughs> and then right. he, he after their throats are cut. <laughs> I mean, I know they didn't have much of an option, but bleeding <laughs> out better pitch them off a cliff, too. I also do like that the uh, Timber Maniacs, as you find them, they manipulate the Laguna dream sequences. If you find the, the certain ones before the dream sequence takes place. Oh, I, I know that. Yeah. yeah. So for Timber Maniacs 1, there's one in the train station. There's one in the Balam Hotel. If you pick up the one in the train station, Laguna doesn't fall asleep when he's talking to Julie in the first one. He just keeps rambling on and on and on. Whereas if you pick up the one in the hotel, he falls asleep. If you don't pick up one at all, he just falls asleep. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I think I like I remember like seeing that scene both ways now that I think about it. <laughs> right. Hmm. And then there's uh there's one later on where uh, when you guys are dealing with the red dragon, that'll determine whether or not Ward is there. I was wondering why Ward wasn't there for me. Yeah, so it, it, it it's all reliant on the Timber Maniacs because, like, it, it triggers certain things. Which, I mean, Battle Assist makes that Red Dragon fight so much easier. But, you oh, know, yeah, it was simple. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> which I wasn't complaining. I was like, okay, cool, I don't mind. Oh, I was complaining easy. after this playthrough when I got another Red Dragon card after I had just modded up the, the ones I had. I actually like, skipped Triple Try until the end of this game because I was worried that if I dived into it, I wouldn't beat this game in time. Oh, yeah. I could spend oh. the next three hours talking about that oh, card game. Uh, hands down, the best side game in any Final Fantasy at this point. 
it's like, I mean it's it starts off really fun. And then, and then you get random and you absolutely hate it. Well, you see, it, where it really started <laughs> bothering me was when you come back to uh, to Balam, and then you can play Zell's mom. And that's the first, like, S-tier card you can get is Zell's yeah. card from his mom. It takes her so long to play that damn card. Oh, like, yeah. It's oh, like I she's a gambling addict. Ass. Like, she loses, loses, loses until finally she puts down the deed to her house. Right. I'm all in. <laughs> and she finally plays that card. And then she she beats you. And you got to start the whole thing over again. And uh, kind of going back to the random rule, there are like there's documentation all over the Internet to abolish rules and regions. And once you abolish random, it gets way better. Like my issue is when you have same and plus in the same game. I could deal with one. I cannot deal with both. Yeah, I yeah. understand them. I'll play a yes. game and I'm and out of cards that have A's all over the place. And it makes it <laughs> real easy to mess them up. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like abolishing rules, like when I did this playthrough. The only area I didn't end up abolishing random in, because I forgot to do it in disc two when you go to uh, Galbadia Garden for the first time, was Trabia. I mean, that's fine. You only need one card there. Right. You only need, well, yes and no. If you're doing a power playthrough where you're modding cards in disc four to try to take on Omega Weapon, you want that rule abolished because you can mod a card. And then as long as you did the CC Club quest, all the CC Club members will will hold whatever cards you don't have. And if the trab the and they all emulate a different region's rules at that huh. point. Now you can okay. still abolish rules on disc four. It's just a pain in the ass. I didn't abolish any rules, but I didn't play enough. Right, I, right. I Whereas I completed the entire card collection in this playthrough. That's got, impressive. I got that. my yellow star. I've never done. I've only played enough to get the the character card because they modded into the best items. And uh, I remember the last card game I would always play is alone on the space station because she had the laguna card that was the last one i needed to get the the, the 10 holy wars i think it was mm-hmm. yeah and I, once i beat her i was done but it, she kicked my ass every time <laughs> she like i would think okay i played my last card she's about to play her last card it's six to two i'm feeling pretty comfortable i think we're good and then she plays her last card and then same plus match break she like bitch slapped me across the table. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> she, she just, you know, reaches out the screen and just slaps her on mine, teehee. Yeah. <laughs> on that space station on my first playthrough, after kind of shit starts going sideways, there was like an astronaut and he was like laying face down and I hit square and he's like, hey, want to play some cards? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. Those are my favorite. He's dying. <laughs> Let's play some cards before I die. Come on, guys. I mean, the amount of do you want to play cards memes on the Internet? It's just it's fantastic. Oh, those um, memes were great. Yeah. But I will say this, though, like like I said, it's hands down one of the best mini games in Final Fantasy, like period, to the point where they brought it back into Final Fantasy 14 and expanded on it and made it better. For how much people complain about it, I feel like it is a very good card game. It's fun. Well, it's, it like it's it. not Blitzball. It's not Blitzball. Oh, and it's not God. Tetra Master. Right. Tetra Master is fine. It just takes a hell of a lot of understanding. Tetra Master is uh, rigged to destroy you because you don't know what the what the uh, numbers and letters on cards mean. And once you think you do, the game is like, nah, fam, we're changing it. It's a close race between Chocobo Racing and uh, Triple Triad for me. (laughs) Oh, I love Chocobo Racing. That was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. Chocobo Racing is great. But the problem with it is that like in the grand scheme of things, it's too short. Compared to like triple triad, yeah, yeah triple triad can go like the top rank. Yeah, it's real quick. Yeah, yeah, 
Triple Triad could go the whole game. If you, if you enjoyed it enough, you could play it. I mean, the the entire game, you just play Triple Triad. Exactly. I should have, but I was just like, I'm, I'm addicted to Marvel Snap, and I'm like, yeah, I don't. Oh, same here. I love that game. I love that game. So I'm like, I, I've seen what a card game, like, I'm like, I need to beat this game. Hopefully, you know, in two weeks for sure. But in a week, I need to beat this game. And I'm right. like, I can't fuck around. With it. <laughs> so I, I, I refrain from playing Triple Triad till the end of the game. And then on the Ragnarok, I played it a few times and got a few good cards and then was just done. Yeah. Well, and, and like it also had like the way it was. It's super simple to learn how to play. It's difficult to master because of all the rules and how they interact. But like it's super simple to learn. It's just like, a lot and that's, of fun, too. Right, right. Although, you know, like, I really wish we would have had a more varied soundtrack, because hearing Shuffler Boogie oh, for, you know, 300 times in a I like that song still. It's a great song, don't get me wrong. not after the 500th time. Right! I still find myself whistling it while I'm doing some mindless task at work. I do it when I'm shuffling cards. I'm going to start doing that when I start playing Magic. <laughs> I think what I'm going to do from now on, like if I'm like going at a poker night or something like that, before I deal, I'm just going to put a, a piece of paper that has a square button drawn on it and somebody's got to hit that square button. Right, exactly. The song I get stuck in my head from this game the most by far is Man with a Machine Gun, Laguna's battle theme. Yes. I find myself humming that to myself constantly. I mean, uh, the Buru Uramatsu did an amazing job with the soundtrack overall. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's yeah. so many memorable pieces in the soundtrack. And it's just, it. Th- I think this really, like, when you look at the, like, when you look at his body of work, he just gets better. I'm a big weirdo, so the one that always gets stuck in my head is the Secession of Witches. Like, yes. that is such a hauntingly beautiful song. Oh, I Where love it. That? Where was that one? Where was that played at? I think you first hear it when Renoa is behind Adia at the assassination yeah, oh, attempt. Yep, yep. Yes, that one yeah. was very good. Yeah, just that that single key on the piano playing, like the single key uh, strokes. Just oh, <laughs> music is so good. And that freaking that scene where you have to do the assassination—that is a uh, hell of a mission. Just like that, I forgot. Oh, yeah. oh what that, a perfect it's way so to end cool. that disc. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love I love Irvine chickening out and Squall just losing his shit. And he's like, we we have to do this. Like, we don't <laughs> want to kill our But that, that shows you the contrast of the two gardens and how they train. Like, Galbadia was very militaristic and very like, OK, everybody has a job to play. Whereas Balam taught their soldiers, OK, you see the mission through no matter what. You kill this bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You well, take that the, goddamn whole... gun, you put a bullet between her goddamn eyes. <laughs> if you miss, I deal with it. Whatever. Like it's, and it's that whole section was also really good about cutscenes bleeding into gameplay. Because yeah, when you when yes. you were Squall and Irvine were running through the parade. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Granted it was janky as hell because the uh the way the ISO was set up, you couldn't run in a straight line, you had to zigzag. Right. right. For a game with no voice acting, though, like that whole like ramp up to where Squall jumps off the balcony is just so good. Like you can really feel the tension in that scene. Like I love oh, it. Oh yeah, and they had to do sure. really well with their facial expressions in the uh, cutscenes because you know the no audio. <laughs> right. Well, and the, yeah, that was the important thing, and not even just the no, not even the the facial expressions in the cutscenes, the body language, like everywhere. You had to be on point with it, and they did a fantastic job. I do got to say, in the remaster, they make their faces everything look so clean. Like the meme of 
you're the best looking guy here with Squall. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, it actually it's works. It's not a big blurry mess. Like, all right. Right. <laughs> I love that. That's my That's, that shows you Renoa's standards are pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> I still love Renoa. I was like, when I started playing this again, I'm like, man, Renoa is still one of my favorite characters or some, for some reason. And in battle, she's a fantastic character. Like, yeah. like to be honest, like, everybody sleeps on her angel wing limit break. And I've been if you have it. Oh, yeah. Like, because she'll cast Pain, she'll cast Meltdown, Meteor, Ultima, like, everything. She casts everything with it. And it is more useful. Like, as far as uncontrollable limit breaks go, it is one of the more useful ones. I remember in, yeah, in 7, I never used Vincent, because with his limit breaks... He could cast earth spells on flying enemies. Right. With, and I'm like, screw this guy. Or fire <laughs> spells on fire enemies and can right. heal them while you right. sit there and do nothing about it. Well, he's For just playing 4D chess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You yeah, brought up, I have to make this joke. So I was at a diner like, on, on St. Patrick's Day and I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm eating my corned beef and I'm at some truck stop and there's a guy behind me and he's like, did you know that Trump's playing 4D chess when everyone else is playing checkers? And I'm just like, are we political? Like, this isn't voting season. Like, what, what the fuck? And everyone just kind of looking at him, and he just keeps going on and on. And I'm like, oh, my God. But yeah, that's well, what that's you, you think of. I'm like, first thing, I'm like, what the fuck, guy? Like, what the fuck? Like, that's when you should have turned around and started talking to him about Vincent's limit breaks. He understood the term. <laughs> I don't think he did at all. He also told me that the military was going to revolt against the government and they were on side of Trump and Trump's the most intelligent man and all this. And I'm just like, first thing, no one asked you, like you're just sitting here eating your food by yourself. Somebody asked, how's your day? And then you start talking about like, it's, it's like, what the fuck? I would have turned to him about like politics and corned beef don't mix, dude. Like, I mean, I, I can, I can handle it when it's political season, like it's political season, there's voting, there's like things on TV. Okay. But it's like, we're eating corned beef on St. Patrick's day. And voting season is next year. Like what? Come on now. Right. <laughs> like, well, I'll save it for next year, buddy. That does kind of bring me to one of my points that I really do like about the game is you do have that little bit of politics, like finding its way in there when you return to Balam Garden after the failed assassination attempt. Which I did like a lot oh, more than yeah, the guy. Yeah, fantastic. Like it, it was fantastic because now you're you come back and you're expecting everybody everything to be normal. It's like what the hell is going on? What is this chaos? Oh, they're hunting down Sid. Got it. <laughs> That was also kind of interesting, like, you know, such when I remember when I first played this, how much of a surprise it is. All of a sudden you find out, like, oh, yeah, there's this guy underneath that actually owns the place. Right. That you never yeah, seen before that's hiding yeah. somewhere in the basement. And Squall sums it up perfectly when you go down there and he just says, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like, same. Squall <laughs> never knows what the hell's going on. Like, he's After the... effect of, a play, of, like, them testing and playing through to find out how well everything meshes. And it was crunch time, and they didn't know how to really kind of tweak it. So they're just like, well, we'll just have Squall say, I don't know what's going on. If we can go back to the... off for some reason. (laughs) Right. If we can go back to the assassination attempt, that scene where Adia kills the president, like, in front of the crowd, and everyone is still just partying, is so (laughs) just like... She stabbed him through the chest with her hand. Yeah. And Selfie made some money that day. And the crowd is like, woo! <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's haunting. Like, that's uh, scary. And the nobody cares. Thing. I mean, were they under a spell? Or were they just like, fuck, we don't like them anyway? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I would assume spell at this point. Because, like, you gotta remember how powerful the sorceress is. Yeah. Um, like, and so that's why I'm going to assume spell. Because there's no way everybody would just be okay with the dude straight up getting murdered. You know, especially know, because, because, like, especially if you elected him, 
Because then she's just like, like, she's just like calling the crowd, you idiots. Look what I can do. Like, right. you have this man and I murdered him and you guys are stupid and yeah, you will praise kinda, me for this. She like, kind of like, roasted yeah, the crowd after she killed here. the president. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, no sane person is going to be okay with that unless they're giving out drugs. Selfie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. That is going to be a running theme. Yes, it is. But uh, they were kind of set up to be like a Nazi-esque, you know, military organization, weren't they, at the very start? And then she kills the president, and we hear basically nothing about them again. Maybe it wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> right! Oh, yeah. They, they did kind of come off as like the Shinra of, the, of that game, to yeah. a lesser extent. It, 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 yeah. It, they're not ruining the government, but yes. Or not ruining the government, they're not ruining the Earth, but they are like, you know, assholes. They're the big military, and they're very... Uh, they're more oppressive than than Balam, and it, even their uniforms kind of reminded me of Shinra soldiers. Oh, big yeah. Time. Oh, yeah, that's fair. But the only the only part about the assassination attempt that I wasn't a fan of was the whole section in the sewers. That felt like I mean we would go from like oh, an eleven was... to a bit of a brick wall with those. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, they could have left that part out, and I would have been fine with it. It just wasn't bad like... if you turn off encounters, but yeah, it's annoying otherwise. Yeah, that was on par with the propagators. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I don't, I don't have a a built in way to really bypass that on that one. But yeah, it was it was, the sewers is one of those sections you can kind of take it or leave it because and that's how it is with most games to be honest. Like if there's a section where you have to go down to the sewers, you can just turn your brain off, get through it, and you're not really missing much. But when you're super excited to get to the to the squall part, it's like okay, come on, please hurry up. I just want to get to the good stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's just kind of annoying that it's there and it takes longer. Like, it's kind of a maze, too. Like, that's I didn't like. I was like, this is yeah, a lot of maze, yeah. like trying to get through. We well, also have to remember this like, game was made like, back in the day of strategy guides. So when you played it for the first time, you had a map. Yeah, I had a strategy guide, too, for this game. Yeah, I, oh. Unfortunately, I don't have it anymore. Yeah, I, think I lost either. all my strategy guides during all my moves. But like you had a strategy guide right in front of you. So you knew the you knew the layout. You knew exactly where you needed to go, what buttons you needed to press, you know. Now it's like, oh, can I just get a direct path? Well, I mean, well, or the internet, Google for two seconds. <laughs> yeah, it felt At really out of was... character for for Quistus, whatever you call her. It felt out of character for her to jeopardize the whole mission because she she was mean to Renoa. That was out oh, of character. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things that just kind of are a bit shoehorned in there and just happen off screen, off stage left. You know, <laughs> right? Like that that did kind of annoy me. Like you. You built you built Quistus up to be this very sound tactician, the responsible one, because she's in charge of training people. Like, and then for her to go and do that, like, the first time she's in charge of a mission, yeah, <laughs> right. I made right. her feel bad. You got two other teammates with you. Just leave them there. They can operate the gate and or right. They're both qualified seed at this point. Yeah, you didn't have to take the whole crew to go say sorry to the drug right. dealer. It's or like you can like, wait till after the mission. Yeah, it's almost like I don't know. They were on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did have selfie with them. Oh, that's why we uh, Keish got dosed. Right, <laughs> right. She gets really sentimental when she's tripping. <laughs> she's one of those. Got it. She's not the fun one at the party. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm really was... hard on you guys. It's because I love you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And, and then you got chicken time. was just shadow boxing in the corner. 
<laughs> the amount of time it took them to get back before the door locks on Renola, because like it looks like oh you she just left the door locked. Like man, this guy had like a really long lock set on these doors. Like all right, I'll come back in ten minutes. The door will lock. Like, in case it's people, like a, it's like a Rube Goldberg machine just to lock the door. Right. <laughs> like right, Noah. I there's nobody in this room. Tick 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 tick. Click. <laughs> and also, maybe you shouldn't lock the girl in a room that has a you know escape door that leads into the sewers that, that you must know because it's your mansion. So and she probably knows about it because that's her father. She lives there. Yeah, like, yeah, she lived there. Father. Like, yeah. You, you think you wouldn't? Uh... Knows about it. <laughs> like, you are the head of the Galbadian military. You probably have a dungeon underneath. Okay, you probably Maybe. have Ubermensch locked. But you probably have Ubermensch locked up down there already. Why not take her down there? <laughs> you can't overpower your own daughter to secure her. Then what are you doing in charge of the military? <laughs> Barely, not very much. Right, because you don't see him again after this either. Because after Edia takes over, he's kind of just gone. Story wise, you don't see him. He still stays in his mansion because that's who you win the Renoa card from. Oh, okay. He shows to up his in uh, Fisherman's Horizon later, though. No, he? that's Martine. He's the head of the. Oh uh, yeah, Japanese that's right. Garden. Yep. I like him because he's just all sad. He's like, I lost right. my garden. <laughs> Wait, what was me? Yeah, right. Like, here, you want to play card? He <laughs> <laughs> got the Quetzalcoatl card, though. I know that. No, he doesn't have it. Flo's, uh, Flo's wife has that. Oh, okay. He has something, doesn't he? Doesn't he have some rare he, He's the one that you win the Ifrit card back from because you have to lose the Ifrit card to General Carraway, and then General Carraway will finally play the Renoa card once you lose Ifrit, and then once you lose the Ifrit card, Martine gets it from him. And how do you have to figure point. that out without a guide? That's what I right. understood. Because, I mean, I don't give up rare card. I gave it one rare card, well, because I lost game, and then it went, you get, and I got an achievement. I'm like, that's nice. Reload. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I save before every card game if I'm going to play something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you got to save before every card game. Like, and, and the Queen of Cards side quest requ- requires you to lose rare cards. And it's it, it's one of those, like, I you know, completed it again on this playthrough. And when you abolish rules, it makes it a lot easier. The hardest part of that quest, honestly, is getting her to move back to Dalit. Because you have to get her to move back to Dalit in order to really progress through the quest. Yeah. You got to beat her a few times or something? or No, you have to lose or win rare cards from her. Oh, okay. I feel like when they were thinking of quests like that, it was just uh, them and the executives of Brady Games that made all the frickin' uh, walkthroughs. Strategy guys. <laughs> their hands together. <laughs> like, how can we torture hours. the players and then make them spend money on our guide? Big game guide. Yep. I mean, this is the time when you didn't really have internet as much, so you didn't have a choice. Right, right. You know, back in the day when EV Games and GameStop gave you 10% off on the strategy guide if you bought them both together. Save yourself a buck 80. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. Now, the assassination th- scene, that ended. We That was when we got to see Cypher after after the sorceress took him. And yeah. And now it's like self I'm her knight now. Rah! And yep, his was, romantic dream. Yeah. He was shockingly easy. I'm like, your knight kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, he was always just kind of lackluster through the whole game. Right. Right. <laughs> He was, he was the uh, he was the sorceress's bigs. Yeah, and like, yeah. I just kind of imagine every time Cypher gets beaten by Squall, Squall just kind of standing over him and just saying, get good. Done. <laughs> Stay down or get well, good. Well, that's why he tortures them in prison, because after the failed you know assassination attempt, you end up in prison and he just tortures the hell out of you on, on the cross. Yeah. Shocks you. He's like, tell that's me what seed means. He's like, you work there, too. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, that was one of the coolest cutscenes. Was the raising of the prison? I like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Big screws just coming out of the <laughs> desert. I mean, when you think about it, it's an effective way to do it, though. Yeah, it really is. It's an effective way to do it because you can change your profile. You can stick everybody underground except for the three like control pillars. You know, you can't escape at that point. So let me ask you: by. after the after the prison, who did you take with you on the? the you, there's a team split at that point. Selfie has to go to the missile base. Squall has to go to the garden. Who did you take with you at that point? Uh, I, I always take the girls with Irving just for comedic effect. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I like, and it. I don't really vary from this because it doesn't really matter. Like from a power standpoint. So for <laughs> so for like storyline purposes, I always send Quista, Selfie, and Zell to the missile base. Because they're the seeds. They're the ones that are supposed to get the job done. Fair enough. You know what I mean? And then I kind of like the thought of Renault and Irving walking into Ballum Garden, like after hearing like selfie talk about it and how beautiful it is and how awesome it is. And it's just fucking chaos. <laughs> yeah, this place is great. Right. Like somebody hit this place with a missile. Right. <laughs> I take Renault and Zell with me all the time. As much as anytime I can use Renault and Zell, that was my party. I don't know why, fans. to be honest with you. Like, I don't have an actual like good reason. It was just a team that I always use. Fans of I'm not a analysis makes me not like Zell. Yes, I'm not a fan of Zell's limit break. Like, I get why it's great, but like, because like it can pump out a lot of damage. I'm just not a fan of. It's great yeah, in, the, okay. in the remastered. You just go in the menu and say auto, and it just does it itself. Right. Oh well, I, I have to do that. <laughs> I turned on auto. I didn't do it once. Well, I did okay. I did it a couple times in the beginning, but I'm like, why am I doing this? And I put out auto. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, you just, you just yeah, see, battle thing. You know I what I learned it. works a little bit better? Turn on battle assist and just use dark side. I think I had dark side. Diablos. I did. I it's did the one that cuts your HP by one tenth and then like does double damage. Just give huh. that to Zell. Huh. Yeah. Zell's, just give Zell's that to Zell. Chicken. You won't. You'll never use his limit break again. Zell's a chicken wuss. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Either Zell's way too sensitive or that one insult just cuts him to his soul. Maybe that just means something so much more in that world. Right. Right. That's like the that's like the super insult. Like, did that just did he just say that? <laughs> they keep calling him that too throughout the game all the and time. He gets more and more pissed well, off every correct, time. Right. It's just well, it's really Sefer that keeps calling him that. Like Zell, if you don't react to it so much, maybe he'll stop. Right. <laughs> Nobody taught this kid basic human psychology. <laughs> he's like, you said what? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> right. He's always ready to throw down. And it's like, dude, that's a fight you're not going to win. No. <laughs> like, oh, I like Zell. Even he understands how to, you know, <laughs> get through that. I also like that his final weapon is Urgeist, which is the same name, not that Squaresoft game that came out oh, around God, this that time. Game. Uh, <laughs> I was that so game. It's a fun game. And, uh, it's not terrible. It's okay. But it wouldn't have sold a single copy if it didn't have Cloud, Sephiroth, Tifa, Vincent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, that was the biggest. That's what game. sold the game. That is definitely what sold the game. And that's why I bought it. Right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but I just thought that was cool to have that. To have that. Yeah. Difference. I, I didn't mind. the Like, I I should say, I actually like the way you get the best weapon that you have to go through, like, and find certain items and then find magazines, which is fine. Well, you don't I, need I did the like magazines. That. You don't need them? No, you just got to have the required materials and it'll show up in the menu. Oh, that's cool. Okay. That's how you can get Lionheart Disc 1. Oh my god, I always thought you had to have the damn magazine. No, no, you just gotta you just gotta have the materials. That's how you get Lionheart Disc 1. Like, if you if you, uh, if you needed the magazine, you couldn't do that. You wouldn't be able to get Lionheart yeah, until point. Disc Because you don't get it until hmm. Astra, I think, right? Yeah, you get it in back. the uh, Presidential Palace. 
Well, you okay. can get it in Laguna's uh, flashback when he's working for uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Odin. Yeah, in Odin's laboratory. Yep. Yeah, my mistake. But yeah, that's but but that's you know how you break the game disc one is getting Squall Lionheart. You know, that's cool. Yeah, because you know Hell, nothing says broken, but no, yeah, nothing says broken by uh, like triggering Renza Kukin on on uh, Sefer during like at the parade scene, and then you know Lionheart pops out like stop, he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> After the now now they, the team gets back to to Balum, and that's when the Norg thing happens yes yeah you have to go into the well you stop the missiles or whatever or the, and then you start flying don't you and then, yeah. then you go down and deal with norg yep and i always loved how norg never mentioned why the hell is my garden flying <laughs> i mean he funded it he probably knew that it could fly he just wasn't going to divulge that information for free yeah <laughs> he's the master of the garden why are you living in the basement why what is this why are you here all the cool kids live in the basement have you seen what he looks like yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you like, want to go to a military academy with a man with banana fingers? <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole tribe of these people. Like, I mean, I, right. I, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe they don't realize they exist. I don't know. I mean, maybe how much I'm does bully, he weigh? I would be He's like, not, no. <laughs> how much does he weigh? He's not a good role model for your, people that you're trying to keep fit and trim and ready to go. Also, He's a good like, reason to stay in the basement, just logistics. Right. Yeah. He's I always like, thought it'd be funny if the garden flew away. away. If the garden flew away and then just left Norg in the pit. Like, ah, shit, I forgot to connect my basement. <laughs> 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 Can you go back to the basement after you yes. fly away? There's a, yeah, there's a draw point down okay. there. Okay. Yeah. You can go I was back to the like, That would have been funnier if it wasn't. If it wasn't a thing. Oh, that whole cutscene. It also gives to... a little bit of exposition, too, because when Ashumi dies, they leave a cocoon f- for them to be reborn. Oh. Oh, maybe. Oh. I was about to say, I think it's really funny when Sid finds out, like, basically killed Norg. He's just like, oh, oh well. <laughs> he helped right. fund this thing. Uh, I mean, right. I guess I don't have to pay anymore. I already got his money. It's okay. <laughs> right. We can cross that off the monthly yeah. expenses. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can get you guys that raise you've been looking for. If I right. Right. <laughs> this guy never drew a dime. He's uh. like, now I'm going to tell you how to raise your seed rank for more money. Now that I can. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that uh, level thing was just because we were flat-busted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you <laughs> killed Norg. A-ranks for everyone. <laughs> we can afford it now. Yeah. Right. And now we can get more than... We're selfie. Cafeteria. <laughs> Party. <laughs> <laughs> Only Zell's sad. Right. The only thing that's kind of like... that. I mean, I like it and I don't like it is how much you can get screwed in this game if you didn't know to draw GFs from certain bosses. Because they're gone if you don't draw them, right? Or can you get them? No, you can get them in Disc 4 in, in uh, Ultimecia's Castle based on, like, because each of the bosses in there will have a particular GF if you didn't draw it. They have all oh, okay. GFs. Yeah, yeah, I missed Carbuncle my first playthrough. Yeah, because you wouldn't think they're on the, they're on those iguana The iguanas, yeah. yeah. But this is the first time I got uh, Eden. I drew it from Timac because I, I didn't know about the, the research facility, the deep sea. Oh, I love that place. I do too. I have a joke with that one. So I went in there, I fought Ultimate Weapon, I drew Eden, I got the achievement, then I got killed, even with God Mode on. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. And I just went and beat the game after that, but I got the achievement for it. There <laughs> so, you go. I was like, I'm just, I'm done. <laughs> oh, was that because Ultima has that, that light beam attack that one hits you? Yeah, pretty much. And I didn't have, yeah, so I just died. I was like, oh, well, I don't care enough. I mean, Eden's got its uses, don't get me wrong. but like, Yeah, but I was... Powerful enough with cheating. Oh so yeah, yeah. Like with Battle Assist, you're not really using GFs a whole lot. 
I did it first, but that's because I was playing legit. And then I when I yeah, when I got to that point, I didn't need to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. my first time through, I tried to play as like close to the PS1 version as possible. Like I used times three to draw magic. So I was like, I'm not sitting here wasting years of my life to get six more cure. But uh, at the at the final boss, she dispelled Squall's strength magic. And then just annihilated him, and I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> like ah. on Battleists, because I was like, "I oh done. yeah, Altavisia is like, like she like cheats." Minute fight again. Like, That's where like junctioning magic to your stats was really a double-edged sword. I mean, yeah. it can make you real powerful, but it can make you real vulnerable. And she's the only boss in the game, as far as I know, that does that. And I was oh like, yeah, oh, I was like, "What a big fuck you to me." Right. (laughs) But again, that's one of the things that I love about that, about the game is you have to kind of take that, that stuff into account. And like, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to talk more about her castle later on, but like unsealing your abilities, including the ability to resurrect was actually really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, kind of getting back to lore uh, wise, lore wise, it's cool. Gameplay wise is for like, you know, a player who you've just spent like, 40 50 hours playing a game and then you get to the final area and you're just like <laughs> slapped down like no right <laughs> guess what only attack for you and spend more time playing please <laughs> you're not ready for this chicken wuss <laughs> but that's yeah, where that's where chicken wuss like shines best to be honest <laughs> oh another scene that's like really epic too which is too much talking when you go to Galbadia garden that was an that was a fucking epic scene Oh, yeah. that was on like, when you go there in the attack mode. Not when you like when you first visit, everything. it's yeah. fine. But when you're fighting them, like you have the scene of them fighting together. It's like God, that is just that it is just epic. it seems yeah. like the operation scene. So Dalit, uh, the assassination, the attack on Galbadia Garden. Those were some of the best scenes in the game. And if you gave me forty hours of that, hands down, that's one of my favorite games of all time. I mean, Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Eight still is one of my favorite games of all time. But like, it moves it higher up on that list. I mean, they, they knew exactly how to end each disc. The assassination in one, the Galbadia attack scene in two. I mean, it just kept you, like, wanting to keep going. Oh, absolutely. That scene with the motorcycles. I Sorry, I was distracted for a second, so maybe I missed it. If you guys discussed <laughs> we, it. I don't think we did. Where no. they fucking, like, crash in through the windows. I was, like, clapping. I was like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Right? Epic still. I was like, this is great. And then, like, I, I love that scene where Squall and Renoa run across the front while everyone is battling in the background. Oh, a missile cool comes too. across like, your bow. Yeah. Like, oh, God, that is so cool. You, the only thing I didn't like about that whole sequence was uh, when you had to hang on to that soldier in the jetpack. And have a oh, slap yeah. fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I lost yeah. that. But at the same time. time, it had its cool moment to me. Like, it frustrated me. Don't get me wrong. Like, I was irritated. But at the same time, like, this is kind of cool that it's here. Because you have a couple fight scenes like that. You have one when you're in Blam Garden where you have a guy you have to, like, hit butt. Or no, this is Blam Garden, I think, with the. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it was, I was like, okay, it's just like, eh, but it was still, it had its moments. I think there's one other time you do that. Oh, yeah, Ruby Dragon, you do the same thing. Yep. Yep. And then just like the assassination scene, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a stop when you get into Galbadia and then you have to roam the halls, find these three key cards and for some reason fight the hockey team while you're there. Right. Sewers <laughs> 2.0. Right. And you fight Cerberus. Okay. Yeah, yeah that that was worth it. Like, I like how there's a giant the, dog just sitting there. Right. <laughs> I mean, if they put something like that in the sewers and made it a little more worthwhile, 
it would have been way better. So, yeah, I mean, at least with Galbadi, you had the payoff of Cerberus. But, and, but he was an optional fight. You didn't even have to fight him. Yeah, I was about to say, you can just, like, be like, okay. Yeah, he was an optional fight, but still, there was he, that payoff, at least. I just there figure he's the school party. mascot. Right? <laughs> that and makes a lot of sense. capture him and take him for your own. Yeah. Right? Big middle finger to Galbadia. Now there and but his GF was incredibly useful. He would cast double and triple on everyone. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I really underutilized him my first couple of playthroughs just because I didn't really mess around with a lot of that stuff. I just kind of brute force through every boss. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, especially if you're doing like a, a a low level or a speed playthrough, and double like double and triple saves time. Once you get aura and 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 meltdown, you can just kind of spam. You can put everybody in their limit breaks, and you can obliterate everybody else's defenses, and you're ready to yep. go. And you can do it in one one move. Yep. And and meltdown, like especially in my earlier days playing, it was a highly underutilized spell until I realized what it did. Well, and you remember then, the the guide wouldn't shut up about meltdown. Right. <laughs> After a certain point in the game, it said <laughs> cast melt. That was the first thing to do in every fight. Cast meltdown. Right. But like. It it it's one of the best spells in the game. That's like, the spell yeah, I cast when I go to work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you do work in retail, so I get it. <laughs> I mean, I work in security, so I'm in the same boat. Like, like just, you know, <laughs> the yeah, next time life casts meltdown on Isaiah. I fuck myself over. Freaks out, I'm gonna be like, "Whoa, you're using meltdown, bro? That's like one of the best spells." <laughs> Uh, that's crazy you got aura too uh, yeah tell us what they're upset about you don't have this what the hell what kind of store are you you have to see how well that goes <laughs> I was, when I used to work at a, at a store and I would have people freak out about price of the printing or something I wanted, I just wanted to say stupid shit sometimes like my favorite when they get upset about shipping like international shipping is to you know France is $100 what the hell and I want to be like it's going like what do you think this is going to be like you know $10 like come on now it's right. magically across an ocean. <laughs> Michael Castle. Yeah, it's not going by carrier pigeon. It's like I, I never understood that. That was always make me. And they get mad. I'm like, you really, like, you really think the guy standing in front of the counter has any control over the prices here? Like, come on now. I, I, I'm not that guy. You got to go find a boardroom with some guy sitting there smoking a pipe. That's a, that's the guy that will make that decision. Not me. It's Norg. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucked up at the oh, end of our lives if we just like die and then we find out like, oh my god, all the CEOs are dorgs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a oh. Norg behind every corporation. <laughs> <laughs> every dealer is selfie. Right. <laughs> FFA just was assigned to try to tell us what kind of illusion we lived in. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> It's not real. You guys listen to us. You guys hated this Final Fantasy. It's stripping away the Matrix. Katase's like, oh, yeah, Squall's not dead is not how he intended the game, but you are. You're in a perpetual living hell. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about that for a minute? Like, I'm not a big fan of the whole Squall's dead theory. Like, like, everybody's sitting here, oh, well, this happens, this happens. It's a Final Fantasy game. It's going to break the bounds of reality. Look at all the other installments before it like get over it squall's not dead i don't think i like it because like any good conspiracy there's just enough evidence like to support it so there's like you know squall is missing his face at the end of the game there is all the fantastical stuff does happen after disc one and that's where like squall kind of really becomes like a leader but I also just don't really like the main story in this game. <laughs> oh, oh, see, like, the main I'm story just like, please, anything is, is a theory that than... Squall just kind of got like his head cut off in that first scene. And that's just <laughs> a fever dream afterwards. Right. 
<laughs> now, the only well, fan like, theory that I really liked was the uh, Renoa is Ultimecia theory. Yeah. Yes. That one yes. I really enjoy. I thought that made a lot of And Now, the devs have already come out and said this is not true, but I'm like, well, it's my own headcanon at this point because I like right. it. It makes, it makes very a ton of sense, eat. though, because, you know, and I know Katase has said, like, that when Squall keeps seeing Renoa at the end and she's, like, all blurry and she keeps, like, repeating actions, that's, like, because she's his anchor or something lame like that. I like to think that, like, no, that's Ultimecia, man. Like, that's just her taunting Squall the whole time. Well, I mean, like, she becomes a sorceress, and the whole thing about becoming a sorceress is you eventually go a little batshit crazy, like every other sorceress in the game we've seen so far. Right. And and the GF makes her, like, she has this unnaturally long life, and the GF makes her forget her all of her friends and comrades, and the only thing she has to remember them by is Squall's ring, Griever. Yeah. And that's yeah. why she wants to compress time so she can go back far enough to remember who she forgot as she goes more and more insane. Right. And that's one of the reasons I love that theory, because it gives credence to the bat to the to the uh, the big bads plans, why they're enacting this plan. And, and the, really, the only thing you have to accept is in to to accept the theory is that time in this universe is cyclical and time being such a central element to the plot. OK, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, I've always been a fan of that theory. The Squall is dead theory. If Squall was dead, Renoa would not be a sorceress. They'd just be able to be together. Yeah. And the, the dead theory, that starts at the assassination, right? When Edia yeah. throws the icicle yeah. to his chest. Because it's yeah. like everything disc two onwards is like Squall's uh, wish fulfillment, basically. of Just like, right. oh, Renoa falls in love with me, and I find happiness, and I find meaning in life. I think it's more people just not understanding because he's an ass and a girl like someone like that's not real. Right. Right. They never really did clear up how exactly he lived the frigging icicle through his chest, did they? Magic. I mean, you do have magic spells in this world. And they like, is this in his bed? He's okay. Right. But like, you also (laughs) have to remember. So you have to imagine that Adia or the sorceress, like after she did that, she picked him up and healed him so that they could interrogate him. Exactly. Uh, Just about to go into that. Because, like, you got to remember, Ultimecia is the one in control of Edia at this point. Edia knows what Seed is. Ultimecia doesn't. And so there if, has uh, to be there if, has to be if, something with the sorceress with Ultimecia that she cannot pull from the memories of the sorceress she's inhabiting. And if Renoa is Ultimecia, she's going to this is the first time she's met Squall as Edia. She's going to go, hey, you look familiar. Let's keep you alive. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm kind of on board with this with this theory now that Renoa could be Ultimate. All right. Yes, we converted him. <laughs> I never heard it before, actually. I, I knew I heard the Squall is dead thing before, but I never heard this right. one. Does it explain why uh, Rhinoa, um, if she is Ultimacia, why she loses her ability to use the letter C? <laughs> Time. <laughs> she was a big fan of Mortal Kombat. Right. <laughs> she spent years of her life playing Mortal Kombat to ruin. And downhill from there. <laughs> right, exactly. That's all it was. That's that was all. just one of those weird Final Fantasy things that they just threw in there, and I'm like, what? <laughs> in I, no way explained. One thing well, I, I also want to bring up. She when made a to... decree. In her, uh, just let me, let me get this out real quick. She made a decree in her time that the only C's allowed in all existence at that point are in her name. <laughs> <laughs> and they're soft C's, goddamn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> When that's you go to Tropia Gardens, that's kind of a fucked up scene, too, like, because it got hit by the missile and everything. It's just like all these people are dead and stuff. Like, I'm like, mm, it's a little, a little dark here. That's 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 the huge emotional impact on the game. That's like because a good. good game needs to evoke all in all sorts of emotions. And this one hit that home run in that respect by evoking that that 
sadness, that that compassion by by having you go and visit these ruins because you didn't do the job well enough in time. A little bit of a dark humor here, but I guess it really shows the age of the game back when, you know, we would be shocked by a bunch of dead kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, I like, mean, Galbadia just fucking things up for everybody. Yeah. You've, you've brought tourists to the other two gardens and both times shit's been on fire. Pretty much. And Travia is when you also find out about the whole orphanage thing, how everyone was at the orphanage and Irving, the only one that remembers for some reason, because in their garden. And Selfie you know, has some memory of it. Because she hasn't been junctioning GF since she was like eight. <laughs> no, the, the big reveal there was that Edia was the the uh, she was the uh, mother of the or right. the leader of the orphanage. That was the big reveal. And Sid's wife. And Sid's wife. Yes. Yeah, he does. He leaves. He oh, no, he, hey, you're gonna go assassinate my wife. That's the mission I'm sending you on. Oh wait, yeah, that's my right? wife. Isn't I mean, it? you know how many husbands would kill to have a have a task force at their disposal to go kill their wives. <laughs> What's the justification? Right, right. They just want. They just need the justification. Oh, this is totally legal. Everything's on the level. Right. <laughs> D- divorce would be more expensive. All right, children, <laughs> literal children, go kill her now. Right. It, it does always blow my mind. Like I can never get used to the fact that Squall is seventeen. Yeah, they should have made him older. Uh, He's just a few years older, I think. I don't know, because like that's that's one of the main things I like about this game is that these are essentially child soldiers. And it digs into the morality of that a little bit with like how Squall is just kind of callous about everything where he's just where they're just like, um, oh, man, I had a good example that I lost it. But anytime he's basically just like, whatever, you know, and they're like talking about doing a mission and they're like, that's kind of weird, isn't it? And he's like, whatever, we just have to do this mission and move on. Like, right. Well, and that speaks to conditioning from a young age. Like he was trained to follow orders. Yeah. Why are you guys putting personal thought into this? (laughs) Right. Right. Like, look, this is the job I've been given. I'm going to go do it. That's what I've been told to do. It's all I know. And then at one point, Renoa does call him out on it. She's like, you're, come on, Squall, you're 17. Why are you so bitchy and cynical? She <laughs> doesn't say those exact words, but. And he's like, whatever. whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does fit a 17-year-old. So. Right. He he fits. He, yeah, he, he definitely fits that profile of a 17-year-old who's really kind of gone through that lifelong conditioning. And it takes so long for him to be able to think for himself. I mean, they are. I mean, it's something that I don't really think about a whole lot, but they are child soldiers. I mean, they are trained to kill people at a young age when they yeah, probably you, shouldn't. You do lose sight of that. Yeah. One thing I thought was weird is the fact that, like, I, I know it's time travel shenanigans, but like later on near the end of the game, you find out that a squall that went back in time to tell Edia to start the garden to yeah. kill the sorceress, and well, the sorceress and that she gets her powers from is Altamechia, isn't it? Then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah, apparently, when a sorceress dies, they can't die until they pass their powers on to somebody. Well, isn't it technically Adele? No, they can't die in peace. Right, yeah. Like, because they they locked Adele up on the moon, and then that's where Ultimicia is really trying to get to, well, so the moon to get Adele's powers, At any right? given point in the lore of the story, at any given point, there's only one sorceress in existence. Adele, up until Ultimicia passed her powers on to Edia, was that sorceress. So the only way that Edia could have been a sorceress was by having a, uh, a sorceress pass on their powers from the future, which now creates that time loop of, you know, Squall being raised to go kill the sorceress, fulfilling his mission, and then ending oh, up back in time. Wait, 
Adia isn't really a sorceress, though. She's just being. Yeah, she is. Contr- I thought she, she was just being possessed by Ultimisia. And you then kill Ultimisia, yeah, and Ultimisia goes Ultimisia. back in time, gives her power to Edia, and then Edia becomes a sorceress. So then in the future, Ultimekia can possess her to release Adele. Yeah. And but then, and then Ultimisia release... loses the, that ability to, to channel herself into Edia at the end of Dis 2. They like yeah. knock knock her out of, and so then in this the whole objective of Ultimisia in this three is to possess Adele. Yeah, but she's in. Well, Renoa she she can possess Renoa. Renoa is like yeah, but right. out the whole time. So and that's why she's like, trying to get because Adele's a very powerful yeah. sorceress. Yes, she's not dead. She's just locked up on in space. Okay, can we right. say how fucked up what they were going to do to Renoa? They were going to do the same thing to Renoa. He's <laughs> like, "Are you cool with this? You okay if we just lock you up like this one? We're going to put you in carbonite." You ready? <laughs> I mean, essentially, what it looks like is like fr- freeze him in carbonite. Right. Make sure he gets back to Job of the Hut. But you're not even dead. You're just gonna. I mean, you're not gonna be conscious. But hey, you might wake up a thousand years from now. And go. What the hell? Like, it's just the weirdest. I mean, I get it. Like, when her getting possessed is also pretty damn dark, and like everything goes along with that. And like, I yeah, it was. There was some cool parts of it. It's just strange. The whole space scene kind of. I mean, it was it was good, but that's where things really started to go off the rails and you had to pay really close attention to what was going on. Okay. So there's a new sorceress now monsters are coming from the moon in like a really weird phallic thing that just shoots out into the earth. Right. And then it took me forever to figure out what the hell the, uh, yeah. Can we all be in agreement that the, the monsters gathering on the moon, that whole scene was epic as hell. It's epic, unnecessary, but epic. That I mean, yeah, your S-star just blow up the moon at that point. No more monsters. <laughs> yeah, I the tide stopped, but you know, no more monsters. <laughs> what, what what was the point of the uh, the lunatic Pandora when that when that happened? To force the lunar cry because right. the lunar cry happens naturally, but the lunatic Pandora will force it, and that's made by Ultimisia, right? Well, it was well, they the found it underground, and they... it was made by the Centra. The lunatic. Take Pandora was supposed to contain it and mobilize it, was it not? And then it was supposed to be mobilized stuff. as a weapon. That makes sense. That's why Lunatic Pandora was made. It forces the lunar cry into whatever point the Lunatic Pandora is at, thus swarming the area with monsters and overwhelming enemy forces. The game did not do a great job of explaining all that. You had to kind of do a deep dive into the wikis and, and all, to figure out the backstory of that thing. We'll yeah, instead page in the in the menu but like you wouldn't know to just look there right that's how all games are nowadays they were like the scene with renoa and squall while a love song plays behind them as they return back to earth is going to be so good yeah it'll make you forget everything it doesn't make sense (laughs) right right everything's on fire we're fine we're fine here I because yeah, I I know it's excavated by Esther and then something with Delling gets a hold of it or Galbadia gets a hold of it. Yeah, Galbadia. Well, so Esther sank it after okay. after they um at, like after Laguna becomes president, they sink it and then Galbadia re-excavates it in order to force the lunatic the, the the lunar cry in order to bring Adele's tomb down or her her containment her containment yeah because she's up in space. Down. Yeah. Okay. And it never failed. Every time I played this game, my my macho father would walk into the room as soon as Renoa sat on Squall's lap and that piano song started playing. And he was like, <laughs> what in the hell are you playing? <laughs> How dare you see a woman showing affection Shut to a man? Up. What the fuck is Shut this? Shut up, Dad. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't understand. I had to push the arrows to like make Renoa in the center screen unconnected. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was Why? a mess. If you ever screwed that up, and then have you ever ha- actually lost her in space? It just yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> does it have yeah. like a different end scene? All it does is say, "And Renoa was lost forever." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and then Squall goes, "Whoops, whatever, <laughs> whatever." Whatever. <laughs> 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 uh, that would Going be to Squall's character too, because that's how he would hide the pain. Just going like, to Esther whatever. for the first time? That's something else, too. Oh, that scene oh my was God. That crazy. That place. You just find it by accident and everything with, like, I mean, you know it's there, kind of, but, like, you just find, like, this shield generator around this desert. And, like, oh, yeah, here, here's this giant futuristic city just hidden here. Like, Doesn't that was like, Hey, guys, I found the service entrance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> damn city. I was gonna say, doesn't it like flicker when you're on that screen too? So yes. you're kind of like, well, I should go push X on that. Eddie, yeah, Eddie, Eddie Bozo to get out there. Like, <laughs> I always like to walk to Esther when when Renoa's unconscious and Squall's like backpacking her, and you could if if you did certain animations, he would just stop holding on to her, so she's like just holding on herself. She's faking it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know, I know you're there. <laughs> right. I mean, he does walk a long way just carrying her, though. Like, I don't know, there's a fucking oh, yeah. highway, just start walking. Well, and like, honestly, down on the railroad tracks to have a little dialogue with her. Right, right. No no guardrails, either. Oh, you fall off, my mission's over, and I don't have to worry about this anymore. Right, Like, what whatever. a train coming at that? I, I mean, it's not a <laughs> wide track. You're on a bridge. Right. But Laguna did and just push her over the edge. Yeah. <laughs> like a real <laughs> stand-by-me situation happening here. There should have, yeah, there should have been a scene with just Squall sprinting. Shit, 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 shit. <laughs> <laughs> with, with Renoa on his back. Yes. <laughs> Holding on by herself because she just doesn't want to walk. Right, she just hoping that the, that the train's brakes work in time. I remember coming, I was... out, coming out of Esther, I mean, I knew the city was big being in there, but then you come out and into the world map, and then you realize, holy crap, it's like half of a continent. Yeah. yeah. That is... I know some people complain because it's so futuristic and like well, Final Fantasy is known for more fantasy, but I like the fact that eight goes futuristic in this. I oh, like yeah. it that you go to space. I like that they do things different than everything before it. Yeah, well, it was a and, nice and departure from the norm. Yeah, it really was. It really was. And it was kind of their first foray. Well, four, seven was their six and seven were their first forays into the more futuristic fantasy. But eight really kind of hit it home. Well, six uh, isn't futuristic. I mean, yes. it has some of it though. for the steampunk and then. OK, yeah, yeah there's that. Futuristic. <laughs> and then seven really embraced this, the steampunk aesthetic. And then yeah. eight yeah. just went full on sci fi futuristic. And then nine rolls around. They take it back to medieval settings. Yeah, but yeah complete that, with the Doctor Who, uh, Doctor Who unexplained plot changes. I know, right? But like like when it came to the S-Star section, I really liked that they kind of were like, OK, this is a potential reality of if a nation decides to just go isolationist, you know, and they did it for their own, for not for, not for their own safety, but for the safety of the world. Yeah. So, cause they had to advance tech technology really quickly in order to co- contain Adele. Yeah. Cause Adele was in charge of it until Laguna shows up and then eventually overthrow her. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, can we talk about the scene where he just kind of tricks her into the area? Right. I don't remember this. Whoops. Like, my first time seeing Adele, you know, you gotta remember, this, like, 1999 me, Mad TV was a huge thing. And I saw Adele, and I, right away, Miss Swan came to my mind. She looking like a man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that whole scene of Laguna shoving her into the thing, that's an optional scene. Yeah, I didn't see this. Yeah, you don't normally... 
is it you have don't to do? You have to talk to the doctor. Like you have to exhaust yes. all options. Like the dialogue. Yeah. I must have yeah. done the same thing every time for that though, because I have always gotten that. I just thought that was part of it. Yeah, you have to ask Odin. He gives you the the list of questions, or somebody gives you a list of questions, and it might be Laguna, and he says, "Why are you here?" And you select that option, and then he'll go in through the whole rigmarole of how they just shoved Adele into the carbonite. Literally just shoved her. Laguna just like bursting at the seams. He's like, "Ask me why I'm here. Why am I here? Ask me why I'm here." <laughs> I've never saw this before. I'm, I'm I'm googling it. I found it on YouTube right now. But okay, that I did not know there's a whole that that's how they that he just put. Because yeah, I remember her being in charge. And I know that like Laguna kind of joins like a resistance group. I didn't realize yeah. that they just. Yeah, the only reason that Laguna is president is because he is president of Estar is because he does pushups. The the Moombas liked him. Yeah. Oh, and the Ragnarok is how they use to get her there. Yep. Yep. Three different. This should not like, be optional. No, this it was a great be, scene. It really was. This this makes more sense. I was like, how the hell do they know what the Ragnarok is? What the hell is the Ragnarok? Why is it here? And this little cut scene that I've never seen before puts all that into perspective. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It, it was it, it was a fantastic scene. Granted, it was a little it was a little asinine how they dealt with Adele as far as tricking her, like shove, like th- that's it. That's all it took. Just a quick little right. physical shove, and she's she's defeated. Right, I was really kind of hoping like it like it takes all the resistance members to force her, and they lose half of them in the battle, and you Just know one dumb guy. Ward Kiros loses an arm, and Ward can still no longer talk. Yeah, what if she sidestepped that shove? I mean, at that point, Laguna's They're like, screwed. Yeah, oh good, <laughs> and that's it. The, resi- the resistance is dead. The game's over. Right. <laughs> Okay, that makes a lot more sense, because, like, when you get there, Adel's just gone, Laguna's president, and they don't explain it. So, okay, that kind of upsets me that, like, this is an optional scene. I think I'm the first okay. time yeah. I played the game, I did miss that, and then every other time I've beaten it, I do it every time, because it's so, it's so important. Right, but, I mean, that's also the cardinal rule of Final Fantasy. Talk to everyone, and exhaust all dialogue options. Yeah. <laughs> But well, that's really cool. I'm I'm glad to see that also makes like, again that cues in everything of how they know what the Renzuk, you know, not Renzuk, what the Ragnarok is. They know what everything is because of you know they use the like I was always wondering why the hell is the Ragnarok just up here in space? Like what is this? But then when you see this cutscene, it makes sense. The Ragnarok was one of the three airships used to put Adele in space. Yeah, I don't understand why this isn't explained. <laughs> but I will say, like one of my favorite parts. When, when playing is going into Esther when you can actually control Edia for a bit. That is the perfect time. If you're ever doing a power playthrough, that is the perfect time to level your GFs. Like if you're trying to do a low level power playthrough, that's the perfect time because like you take Edia, put her in the party, kill off Squall and the other party member, and then you just farm with her. The GFs oh, okay. will still gain experience as long as they're junctioned onto, uh, onto the party member. But that way, it doesn't matter her level because she's going to be leaving shortly anyway. Right, right. What's the effect that it has with you know having your party members dead? I, I'm sorry, I don't remember this. So part. the party members won't gain experience. Edia will. Oh, I the party see. members yeah. won't. Yeah. But the GFs will all still gain experience even if the party member is KO'd. I'm sorry, I see what you mean. I, I just yeah. Done run. That's also the like best that. place to farm Marlboro tentacles. <laughs> make sure you have make sure you have status junction times uh status defense junction times four edia junction um confuse silent or sil- silence doesn't matter junction junction uh confuse blind stone and there's one other uh, are you talking two about in, 
Are you talking about in that ice area or when you after you get out of Esther? Right after you get out of the train station. There's I didn't realize there were yeah, there's there. Mongols there. Yeah. They're they're the very spawn and you can force them. Counter, but they're there. Yeah, I can sh- I'll tell you how to force them in a second. But if you junction the right status defenses, Edia can just sit there and go ham on them. So in order to force the Marlboro spawn though, save your game, hard reset or soft reset, load back in. First encounter oh. will be a Marlboro. That's cool. Twelve AP. Twelve AP. Now, is that like a like a glitch almost, or like, or no. is this like a Hideo Kojima thing where you save your game and restart, and then it, no, it, it it resets the RNG seed. Oh, okay. So hmm. your first encounter will I've always be a that. rare encounter in that area. Interesting. Yeah. I've never done that. If you watch yeah. a lot of speedruns, you'll hear a lot about RNG, like how they manipulate stuff. Like anytime people yep. run an RP, run an RPG, like something like this, there's so much RNG manipulation they do. I find that's like that fascinating. RNG manipulation is the uh, basis of rules abolishment. Hmm. Okay. Because so. the only time I ever run into Malboros is, like, if I run into them before super late game, I just run. I get the hell out of there. And then <laughs> towards the end of disc three, I'll take the Ragnarok and go to the islands closest to heaven and hell. Because that's, you get you can farm the best items and magic from those two mm-hmm. islands. Yeah. Which I do like that those exist. I think it's really cool to have both those islands. I just wish this game oh, yeah. didn't have enemies that, you know, stack to your level, that level with you. That's my only issue with this game. But again, I, that like going back to my earlier point, I like that because it, it forces more skill as opposed to just your overpowering. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't have any skill. <laughs> That's what battle assist is for then. I mean, yes, I, I agree with you. In, in that case, it is, it is good to have it because it makes you have to get good to stay good, like mm-hmm. to play, to care. You can't just do like, I, when I play an RPG though, I just want to grind away where I can kill everyone with attack without, without having to worry about it because that's oh, just, for sure. that's how I like RPGs. But no, I mean, it's not a bad, like, it doesn't make the game bad. Like I actually, no, at all, I had a great time playing this game way more than I expected. And I was like, I'm so happy to find out this RPG. I mean, especially the remastered version holds up extremely well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, again, you got to figure 1999 us middle school, high school, like not really understanding the junction system that well. No, we, now, I, if I remember correctly. We didn't like it back then. I, I loved it back it. then. Really? I, I remember oh, yeah. a lot of people hated it. I liked it. I didn't definitely underutilize it. I, I'm only, I mainly saw that like, Oh, I can junction a ton of stuff for massive HP. That's awesome. And that's kind of as far as it went. <laughs> once I realized you could unlock junction, stuff, once I realized you could unlock junction, to different stats that's when i kind of that's when it really opened up for me and i I realized okay this is the goal i need to i need to be able to junction to every single stat and get it as high as possible yeah yeah i just didn't have the attention for when i was younger but now i it's i can just spend forever just setting my characters up it's fun well and especially when you get those higher level spells like ultima and holy meteor you get those spells and you're like okay now i need to disperse this among my my three characters Right. Well, and then you got to, that's when you got to be smart about it. Okay. So like, yeah, you can junction Ultima to your magic stat and boost it really high, but now you can't use it. So <laughs> now it's finding, okay, how can I manipulate this? How can I manipulate the junctions to give me the highest magic stat so I can use Meteor and Ultima on this character, making them more effective? Or you just cast Angel Wings with Renoa. I just, I, I still junction those higher level spells even if they're at like 100, but I'll just like limit myself. Like I can't let it get below yeah. 75. <laughs> yeah. But that's where spells like flare come in handy. Cause flare is good as a junction, but it's not great as a junction. It's not Ultima. It's not meteor. That's right. And I so, screwed myself with that. I filled yeah. up on all the early spells and I didn't, 
realized that there was a cap to how many spells you could hold. So like when I got late in the game, I couldn't draw Ultima and Flare, and I didn't know how to get rid of some of those spells. Well, and that's one of the great things about the remaster. You just turn on times three speed, throw all those spells on a character, go back to an early area, turn on your battle assist, and just waste them. Oh, like that, eh, I was. You know how you know how long it. it takes you to cast uh, three hundred floats. I do, because <laughs> you need float for two for one fight. Yep, brother. like yep. This is the only this is the only fight you need float for. Oh, incidentally, my favorite music in the game is in the Tomb of the Unknown King. Oh, great! Love that music. That piano run, I love that. Or walking into the tomb. Too. First time I went in there, I realized okay, it's a maze. But it's not really. It's just the they're just manipulating the camera angles. So just keep, yeah. keep going right. That's all you have to do. Just keep going right. Yep. Yeah, it, re- it really wasn't bad. I mean, I I remember it being kind of like scary ish. And I'm like, this is fine. And also with times three speed, like I know Isaiah brought this up in the chat, like all like all the anything is timed is like nothing. Like there was a part where you got to run across the trains way early in disc one. And like, oh, you got to make sure they don't see you. I just put times three speed. I just run across when they even open the windows. I'm like, this right. is great. <laughs> <laughs> Time Who needs to worry about this? For this game? Well, I mean, yeah, like drawing that. magic is a pain in the ass otherwise. It, came mm-hmm. in, it wasn't it, bad with time. I'm like, no. this made the game, like, com- the remaster makes this game completely playable and enjoyable, and you don't even really have to worry about the systems as much, because you can just in- put on battle system and, just, and mostly just get through it and enjoy it. Yeah. If you want to. Like, I, I just was really happy with that. W- wasn't there an issue a while? I, I kind of remember this. There was an issue with porting this game because I guess they had Square had lost yeah. the original code. They they lost the original code. Yeah. <laughs> All they had was the PS1 code. They didn't have the source. So did they just rebuild it from the ground up? Essentially, they? they essentially emulate it now. Oh, OK. I'm all right with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they already owned it. Right. I'm like right. they, I'm right with it anyway, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So when you so when you when you uh when you look at how uh how they had to do it, essentially they built an emulator into the game itself to emulate the PlayStation One version. Because they tried to build it new they tried to build a new code from the PlayStation One code for, for the original PC release, and it did not do well. That's cool though. They were able to I mean, hey, they got it to work, that's what matters. Yeah. They got it to work, but it did not work well. It worked like crap. I mean, like the version so, we got, like what they did. Right, right. But so now they're essentially, from what I understand, they're just emulating the PS1 version on whatever system you're playing it on. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, which when you think about it, back in those days, there was not a lot of space, like compared to now, it's not a lot of space required to emulate the PS1. Oh, God, no. Em- Especially if you know the easy. settings you need. Yeah. So... Very small files compared to like you're looking at like PS2 games and looking at PS3 and 360 games like whoa it's like you know six eight gigs sometimes like this is right. Like, I mean, I like a PS2 emulator on my phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's where we're at now. Like, you can run that on, on a you know on a smartphone like it's great. Oh, absolutely. I just remember they 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 did seven. They did a port of seven and then they skipped eight for a bit. Went to nine and I looked up and they said oh, we lost the code. Well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it's um. With I wouldn't know too much about that. I believe it did, but that's a whole different thing. At least yeah. they cleaned up. I mean, they cleaned up eight well too. I mean, having, I mean, yes, the backgrounds are still, you know, not, you know, they're still PS one style, but that's fine. But the characters that matter look good, and I thought that was, I mean, like it was, an, it was enough for a good remaster. And they only, I think it's released at what twenty bucks when it came out. Yeah, which is perfect yeah. for a remastered Nintendo. And it sold a ton. Hear that Nintendo twenty bucks, right? <laughs> but right. Well, and it's it's one of those things like the game, like 
especially when you get to the ending has so many different interpretations on how things go, you know, like, like getting to Ultimisius castle. Number one, that is hands down my favorite area of the game. Cause it gives you that traditional final fantasy experience of puzzles and bosses. Yeah. When you get to Ultimisius castle, there's a theme that they use right when you get up to the entrance and it's just a little one, one note strike. And, uh, for some reason, I love that theme. It's not the main theme on the organ of her of her castle. It's just on the on the steps. I don't even remember what it was called. But they underutilize <laughs> it. I can't remember what it is. But YouTube that, and there's like a little theme from the time you get to the orphanage. You cross that big chain bridge, and then you get up into the castle, and then the music changes. And it was the one time they played that theme. I loved it. Right, right. Well, again, that's that that that's just hats off to uh, Uematsu for just a stellar soundtrack on that. Oh, why do you go in one thing? I can't remember. Why do you go in space in the first place to, to have, to get a loan to try to help you with Renault. Oh, Renault in the coma. Yeah. yeah. They, they shot alone up there. So Ultimisia couldn't get to her. Yeah. Literally shot her up there. You saw the delivery device, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just a big oversized guy. six shooter. <laughs> That's what I was saying when we first started on that part. Like, can we talk about the giant revolver that fires you into space? Uh, yeah, like, it's efficient. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you're going to be, we're going to put you to sleep in a bit. Like, you know, like, I'm like, okay. And I was like, boom, just shoot you into space. We're going to shove you into a frigging howitzer and send you off into space. Is that how they got him? That's not how they got him back down from the space station from those escape pods, is it? No. That, that would be great. We just I would just shoot them back run. into the earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think they just float down, essentially. The doctor was really wanting to, he really wanted Squall to get into the escape pod, and Squall just kept shooting the shit with a loan. Right. I, I think you can even have, you can even play cards at that point. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, yes, that's how you we can. can. Everybody's running around crazy. Do you want to play cards? <laughs> cards now? I see you know some rules that are unfamiliar to me. <laughs> <laughs> your region the moon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the space station we make our own rules i give three free cards when you lose <laughs> <laughs> this is an uno card this doesn't even belong here it's the last card of the game they're playing they're playing the last card of the game you're winning like six four and they drop a reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. And Squall just casually mentions, yeah, you may have won, but I've been on the moon. So like, right. But also like them bringing, going up to the moon is what causes all the issues because, because of that, Renoa then gets possessed by Ultimechia, leaves the, leaves the station to go release Adele. So at the same time, I feel like with Adele being pushed by the lunar cry, she would have ended up down there anywhere. I'm guessing. Yeah, like, exactly. You right. don't need to go out in space to do it. Like, you can just wake up down there and they can just release her. Yeah, but then there'd be no game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, yeah, like, going out in space, I know that was some people's complaint because, like, you sacrifice yourself, essentially. Like, you're trying to save Renault, but at the same time, you don't have a backup plan. You're like, if we go out here and I catch you, we're just going to die together. Yeah, they had no yeah. idea yeah, but the rock was floating out there. No. Right, th- right. They had no idea, but that also speaks to what Squall is willing, what lengths he's willing to go for. For uh, go to for Renolo, and so like that, I think was an important scene in his character development. Also, probably speaks to his age too, because I mean, he's just thinking about the now. Like, right? Here's what happens afterwards. Yeah, and that fits seventeen right. year old. I mean, that that really does. You you find a girl that you're interested in at this point. Like, you you, you meet someone. You're like, 
I'll, I'll go out in space and die with you. Well, no, right. well, good, go out into space, good. you're not going to have any oxygen. Well, I don't care, Dad. What Grim <laughs> Biscuits did it all for the nookie playing in the background. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that'd be great. Still, uh, a touch and see. And now that I know why Ragnarok is there, it makes so much more sense. I was so confused. I'm like, what the fuck is Ragnarok? Like, how? What is this? And all because I never seen that one cutscene before where Laguna pushes her and you see Ragnarok take it up in space. Yeah. Otherwise, yep. it's, boy, that's a convenient spaceship. Right. <laughs> I thought I'm like, why is this here? Convenient plot device like, is convenient. Well, yeah, but it like you that cutscene should really not be optional. But let's they, let's like, talk about the odds. Fine. Let's talk about the odds of the Ragnarok even being in that position, yeah, still being there. Right in that yeah, position. Miracle. We left there. it in perfect rotation so it wouldn't fall. No. <laughs> well, that shit was straight up abandoned. Okay. Like, if you read all the documentation on there, which teaches you how to deal with the propagators, it that place was abandoned. Like, it was abandoned. The propagators ended up on there somehow, and were just murdering the crew. So, like, they, like, the, the, so again, going back to the odds of it being just in that spot, conveniently. I'm fine with Astronomical. They were telling me the odds. Hold on, right. This alien life form infiltrated the ship and the crew was just like we're still not gonna fly back to earth like that's just stupid <laughs> like we're, we're gonna write notes up. instead <laughs> right i like to think that the crew was actually like really 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 strong and completely defeated the propagators but they just couldn't figure out the order and just threw themselves <laughs> <out>. until <laughs> it was too late <laughs> yeah they didn't realize you could just kill them 25 times please right <laughs> No, the Ragnarok is so cool, but I mean, I'm okay with the fact that it, you know, yes, the odds aren't very good, but it's just the fact that now that I know, like, how it got up there, I'm okay with it. And you have to right. get your airship. Like, this is a much better airship than having Blam Garden is cool, but it's just so weird that you have a giant office building that can float and, you know, float <laughs> across the sea and well, float and above. It, I don't know. I so like this so here's much the other thing, too, though. It, it falls in line with the traditional Final Fantasy system yeah. where you would get a boat. And then you would get the airship. And in this case, your boat can go on land. Oh, yeah. Right. Are, yeah. yeah, that is. So, because, like, there's got to be a beach. Only with a beach. Only with a beach. <laughs> Correct. But, like, because you think about it. Go ahead. I never realized that the Ragnarok. See, I didn't. I was same as Mike. The first time I played through this game, I had no idea how the Ragnarok got there. I didn't see that cutscene. And then uh, towards the end of disc three, I remember being blown away when the Ragnarok attacked the lunatic Pandora and these giant arms just unfold. I was, Holy shit. This thing's a transformer. My airship <laughs> has arms. Cause it showed that in that scene. You remember the arms grabbed Adele's yeah. capsule and then shot her up into space. But <laughs> if you never second. saw that, the first time you saw those arms come out was when it, broke through the shields right. of the lunatic Pandora. And the second arm unfolds in like the least, you know, efficient way possible. <laughs> like yes. like everything in its path. And they were like, we don't need no doors. Fuck your doors. <laughs> that was a really good scene too, though. When the, when yes. the whole lunatic Pandora thing, but the, the very beginning of it, attacking it, that was an amazing scene. Just beating the piss out of Rajin and Fujin though. Like, Oh yeah. I, I was really looking forward to that part too. And how they're like, I don't even know why we're even still here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, we've already gotten our butts just handed to us, like, three times, so can we just be done now? And then it came back to the Biggs and Wedge fight. You could fight them. It, it made you think you were going to fight them again, but then they just turn in their wrenches and go home. They just quit. Yeah, we're going to go again. Right. Like, and I wanted to know, where are you going? Like, you're on a floating ship. There's no other way other than my airship to get out of here. Where are you going? Right. They're just sitting in the chairs in the Ragnarok when you get back. 
They're <laughs> <laughs> like, anywhere but here. We're not getting our asses kicked today. Right, right. We're, We're done, done with we quit. We'll join you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> this shit, I'm out. <laughs> this is above my pay grade. Right. And losing Rhinoa, too, is kind of like, you know, that fight when you finally get to Adele and, like, Rhinoa is possessed by Adele and inside Adele. Like, you have, like, you, that was cool. That is still a very cool mm-hmm. And you oh, can't yeah. do group damage because if you kill her, the game's over. Yeah. Oh, and right before this, after Adele gets brought down, that's when they were going to, they were going to, that's when they're going to freeze Rhinoa in the Carbonite and you go and free her. Yeah, but before Lunatic Pandora, because okay. uh, that's when they come up, like, after after they were, uh, Squall refuses to let her get Han Soloed, that's when they just, that's when Laguna comes up with the plan to have Elone, like, have Ultimecia take over Renoa and send Elone in the past, or have Elone send them in the past. She's still so weird. Right? Yeah, that's awful. If only they had come up with that plan five minutes earlier, we could have skipped the whole containment scene. Well, now you fight it. You fight Cipher for the third time, right before the Adele fight. Did you happen to have Odin? Yeah, always. Yeah. Okay, because that that was always pretty wild to me. If you have Odin, who is a totally optional GF, he's not even yep. he's just he's random when he summons, but he'll come out and and attack Cipher, and Cipher just blitz him in two, and then his sword goes flying up in the sky and, and a hand catches it. And then midway through that fight, Gilgamesh just comes out and wrecks Cypher. Oh so, yeah. If you, uh, if you don't go to that uh, little facility and do the Odin shit until like time compression, do you not actually get Odin? You do. No, you, you get Odin. You Odin. Just get Gil- yeah, I you did, get Gil- but I never summoned him and I did the Cypher fight and I just whooped his ass with, uh, Z- Squall. You can't summon Odin. He just shows up randomly. Right, okay, but so, I mean, the only like, time he's hard coded to show up is the uh, <clears throat> is the cipher fight. See, he didn't though. That's is it possible. Is it possible to beat Cipher before that point in the in the battle? No. Because it gives you a few moves before he shows up, doesn't it? I know he shows up right in the beginning. Yeah, right in the beginning. Yeah, that is odd. Yeah, I revzoed him twice and he was done. <laughs> no, you must not odd. have had Odin then properly, because because yeah. he shows up right away in the beginning, and I remember seeing that for the first time. Because one of my rules is I would I would not look at strategy guides for boss fights until I struggle with it. And I see Odin right away. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sweet. What? <laughs> <laughs> not Odin. And yeah, honestly, I, 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 I went through the whole facility. I did the fight and everything. And he said that I could summon his power or whatever. Or he would join whatever the hell it is. And nothing happened. I just beat the hell out of. That's weird. Cycle. That is weird. And I would always get Odin after a few playthroughs. I would get Odin after Cypher because I hated Gilgamesh. Yeah. This is also the first game to have Gilgamesh since five. And yes, for us that's, Americans, yeah. this would have been the first time we see Gilgamesh. So we didn't get five. Well, did we get we five? know Gilgamesh was in was in six, but, but not he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the proper version because the only time you would really deal with him was in the Coliseum. Oh, yeah. He's in the. OK. Yeah. And, and then. In the GBA version, he becomes an actual summon. Okay, yeah. yeah. I forgot he's in the column. Yep. And he's not in 7, I don't think, at all, right? I don't, don't believe so. I haven't played 7 since high school, so it's been a long fucking time. I think yeah. the only thing with Odin was that every once in a while you got the one effect where he just wrecked everybody instead of the Gunge Lance. Yeah. I got Odin a lot in this game. Like, a lot. A lot. I was surprised how much Odin showed up in this game. This I is mean, the first time I've done the quest. That's cool, though. I mean, I liked it. I'm glad it's there. I did the stupid Tomberry shit. That was annoying. Oh, God. Oh, I love that. Tomberry is another good way to farm AP. 
Tonberries are another good way to farm AP because they don't give experience. It's oh, only yeah, one great, AP but each, but... 20 of them was annoying. It gets 25 of them like, after a while. I mean, I, I had oh, got mode on, so it didn't matter as much. Like, they couldn't... I mean, I, I was able to kill them fast enough and not worry about their counters because their counters are deadly otherwise. And then how many... You had to kill a bunch of cactuar to get... Yep, you had to kill a bunch of cactuar to <laughs> get jumbo cactuar. Yeah. So, for some reason, I didn't have to kill a ton of cactuar in this one. Oh, he just popped? Yeah. He just popped by running into the big cactar. <laughs> That's another okay. one I've never done. I went and got everyone but Eden. I mean, I got the achievement for Eden, but I got everybody but Eden in, in this playthrough. Okay. I was going for Eden, but at that point, I, I died, and I was like, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just going to go beat the game. By the point you get Eden, I mean, it's a good it's a good GF, but there's not a lot of useful, unique abilities that Eden has that right. you, you didn't already get, except Devour. I think, Devour. Kind of point, I think though, she's I mean, the only GF with Devour. Yeah, which is one of the main ways you can raise stats in the late game. Right. Because you don't get them until the end of the game. I mean, you're, you know, you don't, you don't, you can't even go there until after the time compression. And even then, the time compression no, part kind of. No, you can go there before time compression. You, oh, can, you go can go there as soon as you get Ragnarok. Okay, never mind then. Yeah. Uh, the part that screwed me up with the time compression that I, 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 I wouldn't have, like, I had to look up a video to figure it out. Like, after you do the time compression happens and you can then go back. You enter a portal and you're not even near where your Ragnarok is. You have to get a Chocobo and ride your Chocobo to get to where the Ragnarok is. Oh, that it. was such a massive pain. Yes. At that point, I think I just I just do all my exploration before Disc 4. I do everything I need to do because really there's nothing locked at that point. No, but stuff does lock. Like I, that, that kind of surprised me a lot. There's stuff that locks after you do that. No, once you get into Disc 4, yeah. All yeah, the it, it locks lock stuff. And, like all the towns oh, yeah. are locked up. Like there was, I was going to do some more side quests, but I locked them all by accident. I'm like, well, I guess I'm done with that then. Right. And I was only I missing one stupid timber maniac, and I was just going to, you know, and I would have read it had I went to, I never went to Dalit because I was like, well, I'll just, I just wasn't looking at the side quests yet because I always wait to the end of the game, then I do all the side quests. That's no, like no, the no, only reason find... to sleep in inns is yeah. the timber maniacs. Yeah. Once the town's locked, you can't find Poo Poo the alien. I think his name's Poo Poo. Oh, he gets locked. He, oh, he was locked too then? I, I can't remember. I've done that. No, he's not locked. He's okay. not. Nope. But it was just stupid. St- I mean, I've done it before. I didn't do it this playthrough because I didn't care. But like, it was kind of. I, I was kind of Because I was only missing one Timber Maniac in the one in Dalit, and I would have got the achievement that I don't even care about. But <laughs> so I was like, eh, oh well. Well, the way. The yeah, way the I only always... achievement. The only achievement I didn't get on this run was Omega. And that's because I didn't want to put in the effort. Because I'm assuming Omega is even hard with the Battle of Sismodin, correct? Oh, yeah. Well, because the first movie opens, you get like two moves, and then he uses level five death. So if you're level 100, that's a wipe. Oh, and you're going to be level 100 pretty much no matter what. So. Yep. Well, so, if, you junction, if you junction death on your status defense, it won't kill you. Yeah, I know that. I, that like but I said, then, I didn't want to put in the work. Yeah. Well, but then uh, he uses Megiddo Flame. Holy Wars will protect from it, but you got to farm quite a few because it's a long fight. Yeah. So the, the way that I would always do it, the only items I absolutely had to have to beat Omega, the 10 Holy Wars you get from the Laguna card. The hundred heroes you get from the Gilgamesh card, a hundred aura stones, and Lionheart. If if I had those items, I could decimate Omega. It, it might. Well, take you don't a while. even need the aura stones anymore. Yeah, because battle assist. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're if I wasn't trying to use battle assist and or in the oh, yeah. PS one days. Yeah. If if like I could I, have those four items, then I was good to go. Yeah, I beat him in the PS one days, and it was not easy. No, the first like, time I fought him, he kicked my ass. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that that Megiddo flame. Oh. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. Like, Omega in and of himself is brutal. But that's why I was like, you know what? I'm fine not having that achievement. I'll probably go back and beat him, like, whoop his ass at some point. 
Uh, Because again, there's a lot of prep that you can do on disc for, even if you're level 100, because the CC club members, as long as you completed that quest, will be on the Ragnarok. You can refine your cards, win them back, refine them again. Yeah, and there were only a certain amount of cards that I really wanted. Like I said, the Laguna, Gilgamesh, the Bahamut card was extremely useful for for the 100 Megalixers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like, by the end of the game, I I could not even use that many Megalixers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, my like I said, I, one of my goals of this playthrough was uh was all the cards and, you know, got that. So. And you did it. I mean, I Yeah. I wanted to mess with cards. I was just so worried that I would get suckered into it and that would lengthen my gameplay time and I might not and yeah. I wouldn't be caught up. It it does oh. it does suck you in. Oh, it, it really does. Like I said, Marvel Snap has me right, like yeah. every month they get my 10 bucks and I'm in like yeah, I'm, that's, I'm that's how I am. Yep. So, I'm Shut not up and take to, my money. Go down that's, that road with this game. I had to get it done. No. That's the one yeah, good thing um, I can say about Tetramaster. I didn't give a shit about it because there was oh, essentially yeah. no reward. <laughs> right. Whereas Triple Triad, you had payoff. Yeah. yeah. You get so, a lot of payoff, Triple Triad. So that, I mean, a lot of payoff. No, I, 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 I didn't even fight all the bosses in Ultimechia Castle either. I only, thought, I only fought a few because I didn't need a whole lot unlocked. And I was like, yeah, and I just went and beat the game. I did, number one, just to do it. But number two, this was the... Second time I played this, I ever played Final Fantasy VIII and beat it. Well, I should say att- attempted to beat it because I didn't defeat all the bosses in her castle. And then I refused to unlock Resurrection. I was like, ah, I don't need it. I got this. And then she proceeded to wipe the floor with me. <laughs> and oh, it gets better. So she wipes the floor with me. And the the twenty five percent or the the whatever percent chance that Phoenix would appear happens. Thirteen. <laughs> Yeah, thirteen percent chance. Be resurrected. <laughs> right. I threw my controller and broke it. <laughs> I was I, I, so pissed. I like beating all the bosses because there there's a path that I I think the guide tells you exactly which way to go to get them in sequential order, kind of the way they were meant to be beaten, but the way that you have to do the the least amount of running. I mean, I always turn Ank Nun on at this point because I hate the encounters in that castle. And Diablos has the encounter none ability, so I always use that. But there's a really quick way you can ju- you can go through the whole castle, be all what nine? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah, the first one obviously right at the top of the staircase. They make him incredibly obvious. <laughs> unlock. I think it's. I think I unlock magic at that point just so I can heal myself. Yeah. And then you go down into the basement. You fight the uh, the triad dragon thing in the wine cellar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, after that, they kind of just set you free. They say, okay, you can go find the rest now. I wanted yeah, to. Much. I actually got I, really lucky when my little playthrough last night, when I I fought two bosses and found Ultimisia's room and just fought her. Same. Oh, I, I didn't mean to. I just ended up at a room, so I'm like, well, I'll just go beat the game. Yeah. That's kind of what happened. Because I was going to fight them all. I mean, I, I came into this like with the idea that I was like, yeah, I was to, why not just kill them all? But I just I didn't like switching parties because then I switched my junctions around and I'm like, I don't want to do this crap. Right. So that was a big part of it. There, well, and so one of the things that I did do it so like you can switch parties and then just move Diablos over to whoever the party leader is, turn on Ank Nun, and then you don't you just don't fight the boss. You just use that secondary party to open up gateways and levers right. and stuff. So what I did is before going into Ultimisia's castle, buy a bunch of uh, amnesia greens, set up your set up all six party members to have all the junctions that they need. So every stat, all, all the mainline stats, because you know evasion, speed, and luck, uh, and hit, not as big of a deal. Um, 
but setting them up so that way they all have the commands they need and spread out the GF love. Everybody gets amnesia. All the ultimate weapons. I only was missing Quidisus and I didn't get Renoa's because I just didn't care enough to farm. I was trying to farm some of the items and I just gave up and said, fuck it. This would take too long. <laughs> they wouldn't drop what I wanted, the energy crystals or something. I just could not get those to drop again. Yeah, I'm going to now, but I just had to get through that last night. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the day before the recording, you're like, yeah, <laughs> I, I thought I could <laughs> The funniest story I've had on this show is one of my previous co-hosts at the time. He beat Parasite Eve in a day because we we always, we used to record Sundays at 7 p.m. CS Central time. So he woke up Sunday morning and just started playing Parasite Eve and beat the game like 10 minutes before we recorded. <laughs> so nice. Always, hey. That's <laughs> another great game. Yeah. Episode 25 or 24, somewhere around there on the show. Long time ago, but yeah, it's a great game. But yeah, like, but when it came down to Ultimisia's castle, like, especially because going into the battle against Ultimisia, you don't know what three party members you're getting. Is it? Oh random? yeah, and if it's not if it's not my three that I want, I just let her kill them. Yeah, I do. Right. I get the three I want. Right, but I was like, okay, let's let's avoid that altogether and just set everybody up proper. So I know. just let her kill people. And then the three I ended up with were Irving, Zell, and a selfie. So I got I... the chicken wuss. <laughs> the not sharpshooter and the drug dealer. <laughs> when I first played this game, I thought Irving was a woman at first. I remember that like a brief moment. I right. Because Well, I was also like, younger and stupid and because you know, he had long hair and he had like that purple shirt. that looked like a bra. I'm like, oh, it's a woman. No, no it's not. <laughs> oh, that's what my brain. I remember always thinking of like, oh. Final Fantasy Androgyny. I always loved Irving's limit breaks. He's one of my oh, favorites because yeah. those limit breaks are so fun. The speed ammo is so fun to use. Yeah. Yes. And then and then like the demolition ammo, you're it's a it's a it's a grenade launcher. You're just kadoosh, kadoosh. <laughs> I only use got, it a little bit. He's got status effect ammo. He's got right. uh, the ultimate ones like the pulse ammo. That's that's yep. the end limit break for him. I always thought he was a really useful character. I just hated really him is. as a character. Well, and his armor piercing ammo is super good, especially in Ultimisius Castle against Iron Giant or Red Giant because he has super high defense. Yeah, I think that's the only way I could ever really get through his his defense with with I at that point I unlocked the limit break ability and I, I had a ton of AP ammo and I think that's pretty much the only thing I could do against him at that point. Yeah. Like it it, it shreds that boss. Like especially if you've taken any time to level up Irving's uh strength, it'll shred it. Yeah. Like two two shots of AP ammo and the fight's essentially done. I don't know that I've ever thought uh, that his strength should affect his attack. Right. Yeah. It should be hit. I does Lionheart do anything so better? No, Lionheart does not have armor piercing capability. So if you if you go into that fight without AP ammo, you're pretty much screwed. You have to rely on magic at that. Point. You have to rely, oh, if you haven't unlocked magic at that point. But oh, limit break is like one of the first things I, I, I unlock. Magic item and limit, I think, is the. So the I'm, I'm going to let you all in on a little secret. You ready? With uh, battle assist, limit break yeah. is automatically unlocked. Yep, you ain't got to do nothing. I think I just did right. Just, hardly ever use battle assist i mean i understand why a lot of people do and i use it in nine constantly right i definitely needed it <laughs> in nine i, I didn't need it it was just it made it convenient yeah you know i, I can enjoy it. the game for the story well when i when i was a, a teenager and this game came out i was using uh a game shark for the first time going it's through not- it and i unlocked the debug room and there was a way you could unlock all the cards, all the items, all that you could have a 100 of each magazine for whatever reason. And I remember the one thing it unlocked that I absolutely love was the apocalypse spell. 
Because the only person in the game who has the apocalypse spell is the final form of Altamesia. Once you get to that yep. point, so even if you if you do junction apocalypse, it doesn't matter because you're you're not you're done with fighting at that point. The, the right. game's beat, and it's an amazing spell. Oh yeah, essentially yeah. max damage and status effects. Oh yeah, I did not know fun. that. It's fun to use. It it maxes out everything with just thirty of them, so yep. you can split them out across all three. But I was obviously you can't get it without cheating your ass yeah. off. Yep. <laughs> yep. I really wish that they would make the randomizer though for the console versions, because that would be incredibly fun. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the randomizers, but there's well, I'm, um, I'm familiar with the concept. I didn't know it was yeah. there's a randomizer for eight. I'm assuming it's fan oh, yeah. made. Yeah, it's a fan made. Uh, but Square honestly should like incorporate this because it adds more playability to the game. So there's a YouTube channel I watch, Primal Liquid. He's gone through the randomizers of most of the ones that have it. So seven, eight. Nine, ten has a randomizer. Eight has one of the best ones. He, but like it randomizes the spells that enemies carry, the bosses you fight, and all that. Like he fought Norg like six times in that game. <laughs> like it was funny. It was funny. Like, does it, does it change the backdrop like the regular Norg fight, or was it the the whatever area? Whatever of the game backdrop. Okay, I got to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's funny. You know, and eventually the running joke became uh, that the the, the uh, stream was sponsored by Norg VPN. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could just picture going into the final battle of the game. You're in outer space. It's supposed to be Ultimacy's final form, but nope, it's Norg. Right. Shoot, 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 shoot. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I really wish that they would actually take time and incorporate the randomizer in it because that would make it like you could even offer it as like a $10 DLC and it'd be worth it because now you have a different experience every time. That would be fun as hell to play with. Yeah, absolutely. So, but like, yeah, it's like you can get Apocalypse, though, in the randomizer because it's open to all spells that are available in the game. That must break your game then big time. (laughs) You would think so. But when you get, you know, when you end up getting like Griever as a boss on disc one, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) On the Ifrit quest, you end up fighting Omega. Like, ah, shit! I'm just gonna right. reload. Right. These are always <laughs> possibilities. Like at one point, on the uh, computer. <laughs> at one point, one of his bosses was the Twelve Sorceresses on like disc two. <laughs> oh my god! Like, and that's not a hard fight. No, it's but it's still time-consuming. Right. It's a cool fight. I like the idea that you're fighting all these sorcerers from from the past. Oh, that right. When that came out, that fight was pure eye candy. I love oh, yeah. that fight. Great visuals. They could have uh, switched up the palettes a little bit on the uh, sorceresses, though, instead of just you know doing a color swap. <laughs> yeah, they only had three models, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I would like to have seen twelve different models, and you fight them all one at a time, and they each have their own thing. You know, yeah. Like that would have made that fight way more intriguing. Well, and the the whole idea was that you were going through all of time fighting right. all these sorceresses so we they, they could have even reused them because i mean obviously adele was the primary sorceress at one time make yep make, fight her again uh, uh edia was the primary sorceress at right. one point renoa like that would have been funny to fight renoa as renoa <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay that would have been yeah yeah but it's just the, the sleepy renoa is just kind of stumbling right <laughs> 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 slap fight with molly renoa kind of like the tifa scarlet section on and seven <laughs> they just had a slap fight i remember that stupid fight <laughs> on, on the top of a giant cannon after you just got dosed with poison gas i'm ready for my zyklon b slap fight 
I've lost right. that fight before. I didn't know that was possible, but I somehow managed to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, but yeah, like that, like I said, the randomizer would add a whole new element to the game and like check out the streams it, there. It's amazing. The seven randomizer was funny. The nine, not so much. Nine was weird because it randomized the abilities you would learn on equipment as well. Oh, it wouldn't yeah. random. It wouldn't randomize the enemies themselves and where you fought them. It would randomize what they do, and it would randomize what your commands do too. Huh. Okay. So, like That's for instance, you could cast attack, or you could use attack, and on Vivi, and it would cast Firaga. <laughs> That's a little too much. That's I that's wouldn't like that. The rails. Well, it's, an it's an a little too much if it's weak to fire. Yeah, but that's it's, true. It's an attack. Right. <laughs> or like you could use the magic command on VV, and it would have him use cure or something. So anybody else, when they first played through this game, were you really prized when Griever came out and used the shockwave attack? Oh, shockwave pulsar. No, I was not Our- surprised. I was surprised at Griever. I was not surprised at shockwave pulsar. Paul, yeah, that yeah, one, they, I, I, I saw this attack and I was like, it reminded me of uh, like Sephiroth's super long supernova. Like, yeah. oh God, this is going to fuck me up so bad. <laughs> Settle in with a snack. <laughs> right. <laughs> but one thing I noticed, once Altamesia then junctions herself with Griever, right? And becomes like the third version of the boss. For some reason in, in the remaster, she never uses Great Attractor. That, that one move where she like would, have three planets crash into you the move that that straight up murdered me and then phoenix showed up yeah i can never get her to use that in the remaster for some reason yeah she was a cakewalk in the remaster and i'm and i sit there and wait for it and it just never happened i mean i know they changed some things in the remaster they might have taken that one out Uh, because like what level you have to be at for that to trigger i I don't know i was at level 100 when i fought her though and did you play the ps1 version yeah, I, I started on the on the PS1 version, beat that several times, beat the remaster several times. PS1 version, she did it every time. The remaster, yeah. could never get her to do it. They might have well, I, like I said, I know they made some quality of life changes, so that might have been one of them. The other one of the ones that I know they did was back in the PS1 version, Siren had to be a, be level 100 in order to convert curse spikes into dark matter. And in this one, that's not the case. You just need to unlock tool refine. Oh, I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, that one took some time. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no memory of this, but I I, I don't remember eight very well. There were some yeah. items in the original that were just not worth the trial that it put you through. Dark matter was a big one. The ribbon, obviously, because who the hell had a pocket station? I mean, there <laughs> no were. Right. I would I would read the guide on how to get some of these items. You just went the hell with that. I'm not doing that. Right. Yeah, and you well, especially because they never released the pocket station in America. Right. So yeah, why release a game whose items are dependent on achievement? <laughs> how did right. they? How did they do it in the remaster? They're, they obviously don't make you use the pocket station anymore. There's Angelo different... Search. That's right. Yeah, we talked about that. Yep. yep. So you have to be smart about it though, because there's four moves that Angelo can do in combat. Those are okay to learn, like when you use the the combined limit break. Then there are four moves that Angelo will just show up and do. The only one of those that, if you're going to do Angelo search grinding, number one, you cannot have Gilgamesh. Number two, okay. the only one of those moves that that you want Renoa to know is Angelo search, because yeah, right. yeah you just want to get into a battle and let that let that battle play out. Go to dinner, do whatever, let that <laughs> battle play out. Because if you have Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh follows the same rules that there's a 13 percent chance that he will show up at on any given turn and just decimate. 
Like Gilgamesh does not have to show up at the beginning of a battle. I'm glad that was one thing they, they did think about. Cause I mean, the ribbon is obviously an extremely coveted item. Oh yeah. And, uh, that was, I, I mean, that like, was like that. That was really odd that they did that even in the PS one release to have to need a peripheral to get that item. Not a fan of that at all. Right. Especially for such an important item. If it was something that was just kind of, kind of like a bonus, whatever, even a second ribbon. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, why and then not? To make that peripheral region lock. <laughs> yeah. Right. And right. And so honestly, you should have taken like, they should have taken that into account. If you're not going to release the pocket station in America, then come up with a different way to obtain those items. Yeah. Not only are we going to let the pocket station or, or the ribbon be accessible in America, we're going to make Malboro's the hardest they've ever been. Right. <laughs> Sadists. Not wrong. They were very annoyed in this game. Yeah, but you can win a Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always I still want to add seeing them back in, in the day now. It's like, you know, you just see these old ads like, eh. I would have taken the pocket station over the damn Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> Might be worth more at this point. Right. <laughs> item. Right. I forgot about the pocket station. Did you? So Isaiah, you probably did the Chocobo mini game then, right? Because you were doing everything in this game. Yeah. The Chocobo Forest. Yeah. I, I didn't. I went in there once to get a Chocobo for the to get to the Ragnarok. And that was it. I never met. I didn't do anything with it. Yeah, well, I mean, I did. You you have to do it in order to get the the card because you get oh. you need the the uh, Chikobo card, which is get you get from the last forest in order to get the chubby Chikobo card. Okay. So through the Queen of Cards side quest. So yeah, I went and did that. I did the Obel Lake quest. That was always fun. You know, got the achievement for that one. Did the timber or did the windhill vase? You know, even though you really don't get much from it. Okay. Chubby so. Jacobo was a really good card. It refined with it refined into a hundred love love G's. The that's the item that yep gave you. Uh, I guess how do you explain it? It it made you more compatible with your GF, so they would summon quicker stuff like that. Yep, that, and that that was a really good card to have. Oh, absolutely. Remember, oh, that's cool. I just remember not wanting to do <laughs> the Chocobo quests. <laughs> I mean, it's it it could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been Chocobo like, Hot and Cold from Nine. Right. <laughs> that was a nightmare. Right. Yeah, I didn't care for that one either. Chocographs. Ugh. Nine is just not. Nine has issues. Nine's a great game, but there's issues. Nine is a great game, but it definitely had its issues. So, but yeah, like like the Chocobo quest in this one was not hard. Okay. So. And then I think the only thing we haven't talked about yet, we should talk about the ending a little bit. Like, I know Absolutely. we were kind of touching on it earlier, how like the whole idea that some people think Squall is dead. I mean, some people think Renault is Altamechia. Like, I like the ending personally. I think it's, I, again, I don't, I'm kind of okay with Renault being Altamechia. I'm okay with that concept. But like the idea that, you know, he's, yeah, I mean, you're in a time paradox. Like, that's kind of what it was. Like, you know, you just kill Altamechia. You're in the middle of nowhere in time. So it makes sense that he's in a desert area and that everything is flat. And he has no face. Yeah, because he's in, <laughs> he's out of time. Right. It, I'm okay it, with that concept. It kind of gave you, the, well, I mean, for when they got off the lunatic Pandora it and time started to compress, it just showed you, hey, things are going to get weird. Yeah. And that's kind of what that the ending started with that. Things just getting freaky and weird and you really not knowing what exactly what was happening. Yeah. And Renault right. is trying to save him or find him or something. Right. Like that and yep. so they go through all a bunch of different scenes in the game. The, the ball when he graduated, this outer space. Uh, but in this version, her helmet blows out and she dies for some reason. Right. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that got dark. Right. I mean, not, not as dark as Squall's face being scooped out for some reason. 
Right. But I mean, think about it this way, too. You know, there's always the, the quantum theories that that like there's multiple universes and they're all dictated based on the choices we make. Whatever choice we make in one universe, there's a universe where we make the exact opposite choice. And so I could see the time compression and the the re, the, the decompressing acting in that same way where our actions like where where some of our actions are then reflected upon. So like Renoa's helmet blowing out, meaning Squall either Squall didn't go out to save her or wasn't there in time. And the Ragnarok I mean? wasn't there. Right. <laughs> right. The Ragnarok just didn't show up this time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, like there's, there's, you know, that gives credence to that pot- being a potentiality on that, on that front. Okay. And Another she- random thing that I have to ask is, is Griever the, the GF that you fight in the end in the final boss fight? Is that supposed to be his necklace or something to do with his necklace? His ring. His, his ring. ring. Okay. Well, he also has a Griever necklace. Oh, that's right. He does. Yep. But he gives him a note with his uh, gun blade as well. Yeah, yep. he has three. He has three things for Griever. He's got the ring. He's got the necklace. And he's got the charm on his gun blade. He gives Renoa the ring. Well, he gives Zell the uh, the ring or no, he gives Renoa the ring. She holds on to it to was supposed to give it to Zell. Yeah. And then he told her to hold on to it. OK, and that's where that fan theory comes in is somehow the ring becomes a GF because of her connection that she had with it. Huh. Exactly. Okay, I like that. Because Again, I, I'm I'm on board with the idea that she that she becomes Ultimechia in the future. And it was interesting right. that you could name the ring, and then the GF Griever that you fight would later become the same name. Okay, that is cool. Yeah. Okay. So I remember vaguely people mentioning it back in the day, and I just it's been so long I can't remember. And I still do like the Renoa is Ultimecia theory, just because like now it's it's like okay, Sid trained us to kill his wife, and then Squall kills his. <laughs> or in some universe he just doesn't save her same thing right but. right so he's just like whatever you could basically go to the end of the fight and ultimately would be like behold fart butts the strongest GF. exactly yeah <laughs> like oh damn yep. <laughs> is that what young nate did this is no i didn't i didn't play this oh that just reminds me of what one of my buddies did for uh final fantasy 7 he named eris eris dies so, like, <laughs> you get to the scene where Cloud is holding Eris after she's been turned into a kebab, and it's just like, dot, 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 Eris dies. <laughs> well, you've seen that meme where somebody named Cloud Gay420 Gay, and then Eris, they named her uh, Cool Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just Cloud holding his body. Cool Ranch. When I last played, like, OG FF7, I named Tifa Lady and Aries Sexy Lady. So oh, it's just like that whole the, the end. <laughs> Cloud is like Sexy Lady, and I'm they like, it a, is heartbreaking. Yes. They made a huge mistake letting players name the characters. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, when they fixed it in 10, you, can only, you can't name anybody. Because it, yeah, because they actually spoke their names. There was I, like, right. Well, yeah, voice uh, acting changed a lot. I don't like naming characters. I like it when the game just kills me. This is their name. Fine. I don't want to name them. I just want yeah, to. Yeah, I, I never changed That's a person. because us as humans fuck me so they got to like some a camera <laughs> yeah. like, fuck me it's cold <laughs> us as humans we're always going to take naming things to a whole new level think back to like 2010 when britain was was allowing the public to vote oh, on the, the name for the yeah for for their new uh boat and it was and the, the, yep the winning name was bodie mcboatface <laughs> like or when a, a couple put their kid's name or they, they, they asked the internet to put it to a poll and it became C- Cthulhu Allspark. Right. Like at the end of the day, humans are going to be weird when we name shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, 
But yeah, I mean, I did like that that touch though with name, being able to name Griever, and then you know that's actually reflected in the fight. It really fit into that theory. Like, yeah. it, yes, too many things lined up for it not to be true. It really sucked when the devs said, "No, nah, this isn't true." And there is no real explanation. They should have left it up to speculation, like they yeah. did with the cloud with the squall is dead theory. They're probably just magnets better than their idea. Right. That's also true. <laughs> like, oh man, that would have been way better. They went back to the office and they're like, write that down. FF8 remake. <laughs> Which there is talks of, apparently. Like, after they're done with 7 remake, there's talks of an 8 remake. Would well, the world still be around nice. in 2050, though? Maybe. <laughs> I would rather have an FF8 remake. Than FF8. I would rather have an FF6 remake. Okay, yeah. fair. Me too. But you, can't, you don't need a remake. That's already perfect. Or 4. 4 would be a cool one to remake. 4's had plenty of remakes. Like, DS remake, I mean, like, which I've never played. I've never played the the 3D 4D uh, the 3D remake on I, the DS. I, I need to play the PSP remake because I went and bought it or whatever the hell the, the PSP version with the extra stuff. I went and bought it yeah. the day it came out. Was all excited. I got to the part where you lose your equipment and have to use the wood equipment, and I just quit playing and never went back. So uh, I hate that part so much. One every sing at least once every single year. That was my first RPG. Well, I mean, yeah. Great game. I need to go. I need to one day play the after years and all that. But I just stupid. No, you don't. Is it that bad? <laughs> it was I, I say no, you don't. I couldn't even finish it. Like, and I, FF4 became like my favorite Final Fantasy, and the After Years just is bad. Like, Still, just yeah. one, those, one time I told myself I was going to play beat every Final Fantasy, and I was doing that at one time, but I I'm well, trying to go back you, to it. Like I'm, you I'm going to try to do them off of the show slowly, very slowly. In uh in a few days, the Pixel remasters come out on console. Yeah, but they're on Steam. That's good enough. I have a Steam Deck, so that's my... Yeah, that's my you have a Steam Deck. I don't, so... They're worth it, by the way. Fucking worth it. Oh, I it. believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I Years didn't ago. want... I wasn't going to buy one, and I was like, well, I'll... And then I, and then I finally... I, I caved, and I freaking... It is... Because I use it for emulation. I use it for yeah. all my Steam games, which I own a shit ton. Like, it is just great. Yeah. Years so I'm ago, assuming I that's what you played Final Fantasy VIII on? Okay, yeah, you brought up a thing I almost forgot, so thank you. Yes, I did play it on that, but the one issue I had with it is for some reason on the Steam Deck, you can't, like normally with Steam Deck, you can you know press the power button, put a game in sleep mode, everything's fine. With FF8, if it goes into sleep mode, the game will crash every time, 100%. First every world time. problems. So, yeah, I know. I mean, so like what I used to do, like I'd be playing it, and then if I had to do something else, I would then hit buttons on the screen and just make sure it didn't go into sleep mode until I could save. But right. like, I, cause I was like really, I was really upset because I always put, you know, I play my game, I'll put it in sleep mode first, do something else, but bring it back up, and I do it with every game. But you cannot do that with FF8 because it will crash on the Steam Deck. So you just have to, you have to kind of play it like where you actually have to save and quit. You can't just turn right, it off. Right. Like I wanted to, like okay, I'll just put this down. I'll come back to it, you know, later. Like nope, <laughs> you're not doing that in this game. That's one of the things I loved about the uh, love about the PS5 is you know, or or and the Xbox Series X is putting things in the sleep mode. Yeah, I mean, I play uh, even, the, even the Switch the version let you do that oh yeah. yeah like i'm playing the first assassin's creed on steam deck which was a pain in the ass by the way to get to work because that game was not <laughs> not friendly pc friendly so no it was not <laughs> like you but didn't yeah, even recognize uh, my controller setup i had to literally go in the settings to change controller to get it to <laughs> like you have to put 360 controller i'm like i'm not emulating this i'm playing it on a freaking steam deck like you think like i'm like okay whatever but yeah right right it's just a weird but yeah, like I said, there there is talks of an FF8 remake once they're done with the 7 remake. So, who knows? Especially if they kind of give it the same treatment that they're doing with the 7 remake, where they're changing things up. Making three games out of it? Well, not not just that, but like changing things up. Cause like, We're getting three FF7 remakes, right? 
Right. Yes. Yeah, uh, second one is due out later on this year. But like, I don't rebirth. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Like, the thing I like this year. <laughs> yeah, the thing I like about the remake, though, and I kind of hope FF8 gets this treatment, is that it's a continuation of the series. It's not a remake of it. It's a continuation but with think, some like, of the this, elements that you go through again. This age of Final Fantasy, from say six to ten, or even six to nine, or seven to nine, th- these three to five games had have such a loyal built-in fan base mm-hmm. that they they could make tons of money for i mean it's it's future proof they can make all the money with with remakes of those three to five games right well six seven ten and eight for sure probably in that order you don't think nine like you don't think nine deserves a little bit of i think it i think it does does the general public though nine i know a lot of diehard nine that. fans isn't that there was the Nvidia leak, and <laughs> FF9 was like listed as being remade, like with it. Oh yeah, that's right. Nine deserves it, but that Nine could have is been like game. you remember back, you know, ten years ago or so. Uh, for the PS3, they did a FF7 remake demo, and it they never intended on remaking it at that point. It was just a demo to show off the, the PlayStation 3 hardware. People freak yeah, the fuck yeah. out. Yeah, and people Square Enix kept getting asked about it. <laughs> yeah, they got pissed off at that one. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's a, that's to be expected, though. Like, you can't go and remake something that, you know, that was so much important to so many people's lives and be like, yeah, we're not that's, actually doing that. We just wanted to make something cool for you. That's, right. on the level, that's on the level of Konami, like, redoing MGS3 cutscenes, and then they're like, pachinko machine. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Konami. Yeah. Even when it's not about a Konami game, you still got to poke fun at Konami. So, Somehow right. they, they keep resurfacing into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're making games again. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see how that SH2 remake is. I we'll uh, I don't have high hopes for it. Still not going to be as fucked up as FF8's ending, though. Probably. <laughs> probably. See, that's the thing that I'm a big weirdo, and I super love just like how creepy and mysterious this ending is. Like, yes, I know Parasite Eve is like JRPG horror. Yes. I want, I just want a Final Fantasy game that takes like fucked up shit, like FF8's ending, and is just like this is the whole game, man. Like, right, right, that'd be awesome. And it, it, you don't even need to make it a mainline series. Yeah, you know, making well, it off. They don't do that. I mean, they're just tons of Final Fantasy. Like, make it an offshoot. That's all you got. All you got to do, and it will sell. I'd buy it. Hell yeah. So I know we big... had talked. Go oh, ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say that's my big criticism of this game is like they set up so many cool story threads, but really they're like, oh, but it's just a love story between Squall and Renoa. And the love story isn't even that interesting compared to like right. what you get in ten. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'd much rather focus on this cool shit than two. Right. I don't care about. I like the love story in this game. I like the def- maybe because I was like, I don't know. I I guess I felt like I could compare myself to Squall, even though I don't really remember. <laughs> but I don't know. I like Squall a lot. I, I and I also love Renoa. I still do this time. I'm like, she's still just really like her. Their story did it evolved really well because when they first met, Squall and Renoa hated each other. Yeah, and it it got to the point where Squall, you know, basically ended it by saying, "If you end up betraying the world, I'll be right there with you." Yeah, yeah that 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 was that's the the that's the pinnacle that's that's the climax of the of the love story. That's that's essentially where like it all comes to comes to roost. So 
I mean, really, it once didn't he, evolve past that point. That was right. like Squall saying, I'll leave everything I'm I'm dedicated to if uh, it comes to that. Right. I did not let you get frozen in carbonate so we can die together. Right. right. We'll die in space. I'll hold you as we run out of air. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> because I, don't, I know you love me and you don't want me to have kids and have a happy life. No, you want me to die with you in space. Well, I mean, she's the sorcerer. <laughs> she could have survived. <laughs> <laughs> she survives and he dies. That's right. why she went crazy. Right? This is just Ultimecia from a different time frame where Squall <laughs> dies out in space. She's like, what the hell are you doing here, you dumbass? <laughs> <sighs> Alright, I think we should get any last things you guys want to say before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? Well, yeah, I know I we a... didn't, we, we touched on this in the beginning. We had meant, it was mentioned about Cypher fishing, and oh, so yeah. I think we should probably touch on that for a little bit. Like, you decided to do a for, fishing minigame? Yeah, well for me that was, that was him finally getting what he wants. Like, he thought he wanted his romantic dream. Part of that was just that he was being manipulated. When, because when it's all said and done, Cypher is backed by Fujin and Raijin through everything. It was nice Uh, seeing the three of them together again. Right. At that point. Right. And old Cypher, not... 80s comedy, you know, credits rolling uh, quality to it. Right. (laughs) Right. That'd be a hell of a, like, little mini web series. But it kind of fits Cypher's character because he's... He's fishing and he just looks pissed off about it. Like, God, I hate this. This is so boring. And then he just like, uh, I think it was Raijin that caught a fish. And so he's like, fuck this shit. He throws his pole down. He's like, I'm done. Right. And then he gets kicked into the water and he's like, okay, I like fishing again. Right. Right. Cause he's not the best at it. Like that's like he, his thing is, is he always had to be the best. And right, that's what yeah. pushed his, his and Squall's rival. So Raijin kept like him not catching the fish was like him. Like that's his fuck this shit. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> then he gets kicked so. into the lake, and he's he's happy again. Right now, it's a, now it's because he's having fun. Well, he now got a bath. He felt better. Right, right. <laughs> the water washed all the anger away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how that works, but sure, we'll go with it. Right. Um, I mean, it's the world of Final Fantasy. So, in the I end, have a dumb lore question: Is Squall related to Laguna? Yes. Son. Okay. Yeah, so it's not explicitly stated in the game. It is heavily implied, though. So when you have to kind of go through the series of events in Windhill and do massive conversations, but it's never explicitly stated in game. I mean, it it shows when when Laguna at the end meets up with Rain, who was dead at that point, Squall's mother, yeah. because at first he he was in love with uh, Julia. Was her name? Julia. I think yeah. Yeah. Ren- the singer, which turned out to be Renoa's mother. And yeah, they don't explicitly state any of this. Okay. But I did, see, I never understood at the ending of the game, Laguna meets back up with Rain, who's dead. Is this just like in his mind? Is he like a, it, is it? It's in a time compressed world. Right. Okay. Or is, is Laguna dead now? <laughs> no, I, I don't think Laguna's dead. I think it was his last chance history. to say. His happiest yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. It was his chance to, to finally say goodbye to her, in my opinion. Cause it, I thought it they just changed things. No, no, because they're like you. You can't change the past. Like it, that. That's one of the key elements on disc three is that you can't change the past. And so the only way that Laguna could see Rain is in that time compression, which is kind of why he wanted to be on the Ragnarok, in my opinion. It was it was pretty so, funny when he when he sees his dead wife and they look at each other and he just waves and then walks away. And she has to run back. <laughs> one. What the hell? It Where just you going? <laughs> He's like, I thought yeah, I heard right. of you. 
yeah, so like 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 we said, it's not explicitly stated, but it's pretty much canon that it's his father. And after that point, they kind of just wrapped everything up with a bow. I mean, they had they have some celebration on the garden as it's flying away, and then everybody's eating Zell's stuff in his face, and then post credits, you just see Squall and Renoa hanging out on the balcony. Yep. They kind of led it you to believe that maybe Squall did die at that point, but then post credits obviously showed no, he's fine. Yep, he's fine. You know, I, like, world- I still I like that idea. Like he shouldn't be dead. The only game where I like the idea, the theory that they're dead is Link is dead in, in Majora's Mask. I like that theory, but that's yeah, I can see that one being accurate. Yeah. Uh, the other theory I don't like is that Renoa is Squall's sister. Oh God, um, I haven't heard, that, I've heard that one either. <laughs> yeah, no. The theory is that that him, the night that him and Julia spent together, he knocked her. That that Laguna and Julia spent together, that he knocked her up. Except when he went away to war, she like when when she met General Caraway, they weren't like she was not pregnant. Like it was a year after that she finally gave uh gave birth to to Renoa. So they're half siblings. <laughs> no, not even. <laughs> oh God. I don't like that at all. Well, Balamdar is kind of that an theory only exists Alabama in fanfic. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'm not okay with this theory. Either, so. I, yeah. I wish I'd never heard that one. I know, right? So do I. <laughs> so do I. I'm the one who ended up researching more into it. Ugh. <laughs> all right. I think I'm going to go to misremember. <laughs> so I got a few. I got a lot, actually. So I only posted in two groups. I didn't expect to get much, but... Ooh, I won't be. Re- I can't read everything, but I'll read what I can. From firstly, I watched the entire Old Blood Super replay. I got a few from Jonathan Ellis. I loved eight, and it's the only one where I felt the main character had real growth. The Squall versus Cipher rivalry felt good. Sure, the time travel plot was a bit much, but I felt it was a better story than seven, and I'm par with nine. <laughs> from Jordan Bass, it has unparalleled vibes. The world soundtrack and writing all lend everything to a slightly unsettling tone that I've always adored. From Nikki Scutt, this is tied with FF7 for me. I love this game so much. And from Benjamin Johnson, could play Triple Triad alone for hours on end. So kind of going back to that first comment. um, Yes. You know, like, like it, it, can you reread that one so I can break it down real quick? I gotta go get back to it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making work for Mike. Uh, from Jonathan Ellis, he said, The Squall vs. Safer rivalry felt good. Sure, the time travel lot was a bit much, but I felt it was a better story than 7, and I'm par with 9. Okay, so definitely it is one of the games that has the most main character growth, because you go from a stoic Squall who just is born to follow orders to a natural-born leader who genuinely cares about his friends and is now willing to express it. The rivalry on point, like they drove each other nuts in the beginning. That rivalry was, was very interesting throughout the entire game. I mean that, and, and I knew they kind of sold that in the trailers that they're, that these two were, were at odds with each other. Yeah. But, but the, the dichotomy between the two of them, like it, it just played out perfectly. Even their looks, just everything about those two was right on point. Absolutely. And like, and kind of going into the whole better, like better than certain other games, it is definitely a better story than seven. In my opinion, seven's story does not really get good or super comprehensive until you factor in the supplemental material, crisis core, dirge of Cerberus, advent children, etc. Eight gave you a complete story. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy if they never expanded on eight story. It's just a standalone. This is what you get. It's it's fantastic by itself yeah 
I mean, who knows when we actually will get more. So it could be, yeah. we might never get that remake, which I'm okay. With. We might never. And I would be happy with that because we still got a great story in the game itself. Yeah. Like seven nope. story was good. Eight's story is great. Yeah. Eight doesn't need any other movies or any other <laughs> side games. It's just by itself. Great game. Right. Whereas seven that needed that to tell 20 years to release all the games for it. Right. Yeah. Well, seven <laughs> needed all that style. supplemental material to bring information to light that you don't learn about in the main game. Yeah, I agree. Great. And I'm going to read a few comments from RPG Sanctuary. This is where I got. I got a fuck ton. I was like, well, I, <laughs> like, I, was, I had 76 people like my like my post, which never happened. So it was a ton of comments. I will read Getting some of them. There. I won't be able to read all of them, but I'll read what I can. Uh, first from Jerome Castro. I grew up with FF8 rather than FF7, and I always felt great to play. The later always felt clunky to me, and I always identified with Squall over Cloud. I knew people like him, and back in the day, he had the same angst as I had. Gameplay-wise, I always loved the enemy scale with your level. The extra challenge at max level was super good. See? <laughs> from Brandon Markison. Well, Squall is my video game husband, so I absolutely love 8. It's one of my favorite. From Greg Thomas. Was an impossible task following FF7. From Zol Hakar, just an honest question: Why do why do people hate it? I never played it, so I want to know why. The junction um, system. I think that yeah. the the battle system, the junction system, was a it was intimidating because there was so much to learn. I mean, it's hard to think back that far before you knew about this stuff, but it there's a huge learning curve on eight. It really is. Oh yeah. Whereas it, it, seven, it, you just equip equip this materia, you got the ability, level it up, right. and get another one. Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Right, you came from an easier system with Materia to a much more complex and customizable system with junctioning. And I really like that you have that complexity and the customizability of the junction system. And so that, but that, you know, you got to figure back in the 90s, that turned a lot of people off. They wanted their games to be a little more simple. If I think if FF8 came out now, it'd be a lot better received because we desire complexity in our video games a little bit more. Yeah, but ironically now they would have watered down the junction system. It'd be too it'd be too simple. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. And I mean, from... I don't I sorry, oh. I just oh, want to jump in. Like, I don't even think it's like a critical, like because when this came out, it was like critically acclaimed. Like oh, a absolutely. lot of reviewers loved this game. I think it was more just uh, the expectations after seven, and then you get this weird story, you know. And you got these weird systems, and I think that just turned a lot of people off from it. Well, too many people fanboy over seven, to be honest. They do. Like, yeah. It, yeah. And so that's where the hate comes from because eight wasn't seven. But regardless of, of whether you liked seven, hated it, loved it, whatever, you, you can't deny the impact it had because look at how much, look at how often eight is compared to seven. Right. Whereas we don't do that with a lot of other FF titles. Nobody compares no, nine to eight, nobody compares 10 to nine. Right. It's always what the one that followed seven. I think that just because it had such an impact, it was my first introduction into the series. And then I went back and played the older ones after that, but it was a hard act to follow. It was, it was definitely a tough act to follow. And like the seven's success was because it was on the PlayStation. It was this epic fantasy saga. Whereas, and so that's what really drew a lot of people into it. And like, and so that's why it was way more well-received. Because you're going from 2D sprites to 3D models, and then 8 just kind of deviated away from that with a more realistic look, a more realistic approach, and that turned a lot of people off that really loved 7. And I, I am curious how many people are in the same boat that I'm in, where 7 was my intro, 
into the series. Eight comes out, and you don't realize that each new iteration is a huge departure from the last one. They have nothing right. to do yeah. with each other. <laughs> no. Yeah. So that like, probably affected people too. Yeah. Well, yeah, because a lot of people their first their first introduction to Final Fantasy was on was seven on PlayStation. Yeah. I wasn't expecting a direct sequel, but I don't know if I was expecting like the battle system to be similar or anything like that. And it's not in hardly any of them. Right. No, but especially in eight. I mean, they always have some aspects like six and seven. You still have magic in a way. It's just a little bit different how you get it. But eight is such a different. You can, you know, you don't, you don't, you can select your own. You customize everything. And that's so different. And there's no armor. Right. It's all that type of stuff. Even though you seven know? only had one armor one weapon in eight you have a weapon that you can't buy you have to upgrade and you're you have no armor you just junction spells so just all that you know all that magic you like to use don't don't fucking do it (laughs) (laughs) all right and then this one from paul spitler it's one of the only few i've never played when it's on sale on steam i'm gonna grab it though (laughs) you should yeah absolutely definitely should absolutely it's it's one of those games if you like rpgs and not just jrpgs but rpgs in general it's it's a great experience because you will be moved in different ways in the story. Right. So from Amanda Suter, FF8 was my first RPG and I fell in love with it immediately. I love the relationship between the characters. The plot was interesting to me and unique. And the soundtrack is one of my absolute favorites. The final boss dungeon is also so, icon- so iconic from Scott Peterson. Eight was the first RPG that I had played and is still my favorite. I'm autistic. So I had a lot of the same social problems as Squall growing up, especially specifically. I hate that word. It was hard (laughs) to make friends and relate to my peers. It was nice to have a protagonist that I could relate to. The game was definitely one of the most broken from a technical standpoint, but I love the story and characters. That's cool. Absolutely. And that's that it's, it's awesome that we're seeing a lot of people who it was their first game. uh, Cause you always remember your first. Mm -hmm. I think six was, Six or four of my first. I can't. Well, that's two or three. One was my first on the original Nintendo. I'm yep, showing my, my age, first damn it. Well. Like, that was a tough one. It was. It was, especially when you t- didn't realize that you had to not only equip the gear, but set the gear. Like, you set it and then equip it. So I had set my gear and never equipped it. Why is my fighter just still punching? Yeah. And then also, when you, first time you roll into a uh, pallet-swapped ogre and it wipes the floor with you. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Great. that when when most people Why is this play, one pink? when most people play Final Fantasy, the the they want a good plot, they want a good story. I think that I think it's safe to say that that's probably one of the most important things when it comes to Final Fantasy games. Yes, if it's got a crap story, you're not gonna you're not gonna go through it. If it has if it has a great story but a bad battle system, you might still go through it. Yep, story so trumps story is always gonna trump the the, the mechanics. I mean, yeah. look at six; those graphics. Do not hold up. They, oh, I disagree. Well, <laughs> I mean, they fighting do, words, buddy. I would love to. I would love <laughs> to have a remake of six, but the the sprite is dead. Let me call back to what people said. Too many people fanboy over seven. Yeah, but <laughs> six is fanboy. Hang on, I am a six fanboy through and through, and I'm sad I missed that the, the I, recording on that one. Um, I played six. For the first time at the end of 2020 on the SNES Classic, and that game blew my goddamn mind. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's so, so many cool things in there. So, good. so yeah. I am a six fanboy through and through. And for me, six was the perfect pinnacle of storytelling. Would I like to see what they could do with maybe better graphics? Yeah. Don't touch the story, though. Exactly. <laughs> And another comment I'm going to read, let's see here. Okay, from John Dolder, love FF8. To me, the PS1 slash PS2 FFs were the golden age of the franchise. Yeah, I can agree with that. Hard to agree. 
I do love the SNES stuff, but from Art Rady, it's my favorite Final Fantasy, and I love the draw st- system despite what anybody says. And also, is one of the most surreal, borderline vaporwave RPGs ever made. Don't know what that means. Yeah, me either. I <laughs> again, the draw system kind of hit and hit and miss at times, but like, it's, it's if you like it, you like it. That's cool. All right, from Chris Tricky, the card game is the best mini game in any Final Fantasy. Hard agree. Yep. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. From Jordan Stanford, played at my cousin's house when I was 13, got to the train, never got past the train, never had the urge to play it again. <laughs> oh, the train's not that bad. No, it wasn't. And that was early. That was right. Yeah, that's very so early. early. From Chris Orlando, played through it twice, and I wasn't a fan. The characters and story were flat for me. The junction system was terrible, and the boosting of summons was just awful and took away too long, especially Eden. <laughs> I mean, the Eden point is definitely accurate. Yeah, you know. at least they played through it twice. At that right, point, right? You know, I can respect that opinion. If you don't like it, you play. You tried it. You tried again. It's obviously not for you. That's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. Because yeah. you know, like it, it's it's hard to criticize something and have it taken seriously when you don't give it an honest try, honest try. But if you give it two tries and you still feel that same way then you know what? I will respect your criticism and I will defend your right to criticize it. <laughs> right. From Play S, I hate it when it first came out because it was so different. Still not a fan of the junction system, but okay, I get it. Story-wise, the journey was admitted fun. The destination was a letdown for sure. And from Jonathan Solis, it's my least favorite from the Final Fantasy Classics. Oh, see? no. See, that's for me, <laughs> for me, 8 is one of my most favorites. I would have to say my least favorite at this point would be... Oh, maybe three. I've never played three. Three was a rough ride. That's the only yeah. one of the. So was two. Yeah, I've beaten two. Three is the only classic one I've never played or really, really played. It's on my yeah someday. But I'm just going to read a couple more because I need to wrap up this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt Ensel, my favorite story in all the FF series. Absolutely love the academy training elite fighter setup. From Mark Radovin, I started fresh on the remaster, went card mod method and refined as much magic as possible. Story is super chill. It has its flaws, but so does every game having fun where it could be found. From Ben Hilgeman, love it. Unique among Final Fantasy games, underrated. And let's see, I'm going to read one more. Okay, here's my last one from Fritz Cabrero. Best soundtrack of all FF series. Again, that's one of the points that that we constantly need to just touch on is is Noburo Uematsu's work on the soundtrack was phenomenal. Yeah, it's really wow. good. It was fantastic. Yep. And and don't get like he gets better as he goes, but like the fit and finish of it and the way it meshed with the art style and the story was just fun A one A plus. So what's everybody's favorite track? I, I have no idea. I don't listen to me. I don't know music as well. I don't That's mind. a tough one. Mine would have to be the the Dilette mission when you when you beach on the uh, on the boat that that military invasion section hmm. i don't know what the soundtrack's called but that yeah. section that was my favorite song Mine's i'm gonna say shuffler for me um music. i've got the soundtrack list pulled up and it's long uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just love that card music i'm actually playing it right now it's right so good. i would have to, uh, i mean yeah, put i would have to go back and say succession of witches like that yeah. is like to be honest, it, it fit the scene so well. That's what I was going to say is Succession of Witches is just, ah, it's top-notch music. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like... All right, we should go on to uh, Shelf Stacker Box. Uh, shelf means something you really like. Stack means something you like, but not as much. Box means something you dislike, just to kind of state that. I do have a couple new people on here, and I'll go first. I'm, I'm going to put this on the shelf. I had a great time playing this game. I put 20 hours in, thanks to times three speed, and... 
you know, the, the, the battle, mo- battle assist mode. I had a great time. I really enjoyed this game and I was able just to absorb the story. I enjoyed the mechanics. I had a lot more fun than I expected going into this game. I thought I was going to like, eh, we'll see. But I, I completely enjoyed myself. So definitely on the shelf. And I'm so happy I finally replayed it. And what about you, Nate? It is going to go on the shelf as well. When I first played it, I I hated it. I'll be honest. <laughs> I was on board until the orphanage reveal. And then that's when I was that just really soured my opinion. Replaying it. There are some really cool scenes which we've talked about here and the music is good so it's not the worst final fantasy but oh god yeah it doesn't it doesn't rank up there for me that's like 13 right that's your least favorite right no i love 13 i know, I know you do <laughs> 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 okay and what about you isaiah uh it definitely goes on the shelf like it, it's it's one of the quintessential games of my teenage years and like even just just the recent replay for this episode like it it brings back nostalgia uh, to a time where there was less less issues that we now have to face as adults, where you know you can just lose your mind into it and feel like a kid again. The combination of gameplay, story, music, like it's it is hands down one of the best games of the '90s. All right, and what about you, Adam? Definitely shelf. This is uh, one of those games where I have bought multiple copies of. Actually, I have the original PS1 on my shelf. I've bought the remaster on Steam. I have the uh, FF7-8 double pack on Switch. Um, If it's a game that I like that much that I'm going to buy multiple copies of, it's forever on the shelf for me. Oh, yeah, I've bought multiple copies, too. So, (laughs) And if you have the black label, put it in a case on your shelf. (laughs) Yeah. And Nate, we have breaking news from Nate. Breaking news. I'm dumb, and I meant to say stack, not shelf. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That'll be flat. That'll that that requires self-flagellation. Too late. It's on your shelf. (laughs) No. (laughs) What about you, Brock? I'm gonna say definitely shelf. One, you said nostalgia. Definitely, I can always go back to that one. I can't wait to have my kids play it, and I am not gonna help them during the propagator part. Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, now that you know that they'll eventually get through it, no matter what. Yeah, not as bad. I'm just not going to let them save. Permadeath. And don't <laughs> you dare turn off your Steam Deck. Your, your game is corrupted. <laughs> Sorry, there's no memory card. <laughs> <laughs> That's evil. I love it. Uh, Funny story. I did that with uh, Crisis Core That's... all the way to the end. Oh, oh God. Wow. You didn't want to buy the Sony only memory stick for fifty dollars at the time? What? No, that was a dumb decision. No, on their I, got, part. I got all the way to the end, and my battery died when I was fighting Sephiroth, and I sold my PSP the next day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just off that much, I got rid of the whole damn thing. Yep, I was done. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's funny. Okay, sad, but the funny. The funny part is selling it. I, I, I get it completely. <laughs> I'd be pissed too. Right? GIF of Ron Swanson just throwing out the computer. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. It's pretty close to that. All right. I do want to mention what we're talking about next week. Uh, Next week, you can hear us talk about Shadow Complex, a much smaller game. Another (laughs) game of that time. uh, That will be on the episode. That will be next week's episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, we have covered a few other Final Fantasies, so go check in the catalog. Not very many, but we've done a few. So you can find everything we do on Podbean. There's over 450 other episodes of this podcast. You can just go on Podbean on our website on Podbean and search. Type in a name, game, comic, you never know. We might have covered it. Movies, we do all sorts of stuff. 
there's lots of content there to dig into. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasper. You can follow her on TikTok. And if you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon. You'll see a link in the show notes to that. As a little dollar, you can vote in our Patreon polls. Currently, poll is Tim Curry movies Mike has never seen and, and some recovered episodes that we did. I'm redoing some old episodes, some, some old games. So definitely go look in there. You can vote for as little as a dollar. And I also want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who started his own podcast, Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. And we do have a Discord link in, to join us Discord in the show. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Time. It does time. not work. <laughs> <laughs> time compression. <laughs> <laughs>